the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time for the Steak for Breakfast podcast. It's Tuesday, September 20th, 2022, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior, America. Steak for breakfast. So stand by. This episode of the podcast is brought to you, as always, by Man Rubs. Mm. Rubs, barbecue tools, blow torches, t-shirts, coffee cups, and all-around barbecue-related gear for you to make barbecue great again. can be found at manrubs.com and on Instagram, manrubs. Use code STEAK15 for 15% off. Also brought to you by Stay Ready Gear. They're at stayreadygear.com and on Instagram, stayreadygearusa. Holsters, custom kydex, mag carriers, tourniquet carriers, on and off-duty gear, hot melted plastic made just for you. Need something custom, they got you covered. Use the code STEAK for 5% off. Don't get ready. Stay ready. The Pillow King of Minnesota and the apparatus known as the MyPillow family, they're under a little bit of what some might call an investigation by the FBI. Meh. I look at it this way. They're looking at Mike Lindell for doing nefarious things, and the only thing that he's doing nefariously is crushing Mr. Sandman and passing out good night sleeps to everybody. Just about everything's on sale at MyPillow.com right now. I'm wearing the Air Lindell My Slipper version 2s. If you're more of a morning person, they got the My Coffee available in the bean, the bag, and the pod. And a promo code steak at checkout, you get big, big savings. MyPillow.com forward slash steak for everything sleep related. If you're more of a morning person, MyStore.com forward slash steak. Or you can talk to a qualified pillow representative, 1-800-658-8045. The top tier of ear gear and the world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording equipment can be found at Odyssey. Whether you're gaming, potting, taking over, let's get those ear needs taken care of and done up right. Odyssey.com is the website. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram as well. Our newest partner, My Patriot Cigars. Premium handmade cigars out of Nicaragua made with 100% long filler tobacco aged at least three years to give you the best smoke possible. 15% off with your promo code STEAK. Free shipping is on orders over $100. And every box of cigar comes with a $10 e-gift card for your next purchase. MyPatriotCigars.com is the website. A premium smoke for freedom-loving patriots. Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms has been servicing Southern California for over a decade. He's got a five-star rating and he's a licensed FFL if you uh, are into the tradesies and don't live in Canada. His newly redesigned, easy-to-use website is WestCoastSurvivalArms.com. He's on Facebook Messenger and via the telephone, 619-870-6992. Steak for breakfast packs to blue. We love our first responders, and they're always working hard. While they're off duty, they're probably wearing gear for mediocre medic. Sweatshirts, t-shirts, flip-flops, fanny packs, and more. Stickers and patches for while they're on the job. Plus, they got a pretty fire IG. MediocreMedic.com is the website. And last but certainly not least, the home of the Zero Fucks Duck. 
The gold standard of tactical flair. Still don't know? Go ask Mark Joe Friday. Dumpbox.us is the website. You can find him on Instagram. You can find him on Facebook. Friends, don't forget to follow the show on Instagram at Steak for Podcast Breakfast or on the website at SteakforBreakfastPodcast.com. There you'll find a link tree that'll take you to all our social medias, the website, our newest Substack, Telegram channel, and more. On that note, to all our friends joining us today on the Patriot Podcast Network via the Roku app, from the Twitterverse, Instagram, Discord, and now via our verified accounts on Getter and True Social. Welcome, Tuesday edition Steak for Breakfast Podcast, episode 171. I'm Roan, Noah's here, Yo. Antoinette's keying up. We're going to be doing this podcast one city at a time as well. We've got a couple great America First guests coming up, and uh, we're going to be sitting down with someone from the Daily Caller. In addition to that, we're going to be doing a little bit of the news with none other than Miss Nor Bin Laden. Before we get any into any of that, let's jump into it. All right, joining us first on the show today, he does a little... Uh, journalism at the daily caller and he's joining us for the first time been talking to him for quite a while long overdue jw gibbons thanks for coming on steak for breakfast thank you for having me i really appreciate it between you and now jorge ventura we're strengthening our alliance with the daily caller i like it and uh you guys do hell of a job uh down there you know with some real investigative reporting and some exclusive material that you guys are always putting out how are things going with you they're going great, and I love that you said about the Daily Caller because we've got so many great reporters over here with Jenny Tear, yep. with Henry Rogers, Michael Ginsburg. A lot of stuff going on, and a lot of uh, actual good reporting, which you don't always see around here, up here in DC. Like people, people that actually are committed to doing the right thing and actually making the story happen. Yeah, you guys are in the belly of the beast over there. How is it operating uh, up on the Capitol, and, and and what's the atmosphere like there right now? What's the political climate? Well, I'm sure it's shaken up a little bit. I feel that way, especially with some of these people winning primaries. I mean, you look at Caroline Levitt up in New Hampshire. I don't think anybody thought she had a solid chance at the beginning with all that money coming from different areas against her. But her pulling it out was massive. I I mean, that's something that I I always thought was when she went on TV and said that the McCarthy and them were coming after on on Tucker, I was like, that's – that's a that's a bold thing to say, and to still win your primary, that means some stuff is coming down here. So I'm pretty excited, actually. Yeah, you know, it's something that uh, is definitely outside the box, but we've seen it from other candidates over the course of this election cycle. Joe Kent, namely another one who went out there, and, you know, there's there's been a couple other who have gone on either Hannity or Laura Ingram, and it's, no, a lot of them have gone on Tucker Carlson and talked about that dark money coming from Poxy packs to uh, getting funneled in there from Kevin McCarthy and the establishment uh, outside looking in how disturbing is that for you to see the country and the state it's in and to have the establishment in Washington DC worried more about their own jobs of course than they are about the American people and it's not just their own jobs it's you know they're looking down the road they're looking when I when I can leave how much money can I make as a lobbyist who do I want to have in there to make sure that I make money. And that's what it, it looks like. People, they're not committed to the majority. They're not committed to winning for the American people. It's much more about just people working to try to uh, enrich themselves. And that's, that's I think it's a real shame. Um, there's We have so many good candidates that are America first that aren't getting the, the love they deserve. Blake Masters is one of them. Uh, I, I always was a huge fan of Blake and nobody knew who he was originally uh, when I was on the, when I first started on the Hill. But he's really made a name for himself, and he's yeah. really – I think he has some really solid policies and just a generally a good personality. Joe Kent is one of my favorite, favorite yep. guys um, that is coming in here, and I'm sure he's going to raise a lot of hell, so I'm very excited about that. There, it's this, We need to change the culture of why you're here. 
You know, it's just, it's the, it's the grift. It's the greatest grifting city in the world. Like yep. look at, look at uh Biden's administration, look at the Bedestas. Like there are so many people here that are here to, you know, they come in for political office, they ship back out to make some money. You look at the CDC, you look at Fauci. Those are all guys that have go in and out of big pharma work, work with, and then do the vaccine stuff. So it's like, who is there any conflict of interest? There kind of has to be at some, some extent, not going to say it's every time or overwhelming, but there's just too much intersect between government and people, people trying to make a lot of money on the outside. No, I mean, that, that's kind of the way that, that it's been for a long time there, especially when you start talking about golden parachutes and uh, lobby jobs in, in between career appointments and then, you know, additional, like Janet Yellen, she's got six federal retirements after this job. That's insane. Uh, you did mention the Podesta brothers. It seems that uh, Creepy John was back, uh, appointed to an energy council not too long ago, and now he's going to be doing some advising for the uh, 46th president. What do you got and what are you looking into on those guys? What have they been doing for the past couple of years besides uh, probably stealing money from places and being extra creepy that they're going to be bringing, uh, you know, ideological wise up to the White House now? Well, I mean, John Podesta has been connected to so much stuff over yeah. the years with the Obama administration. Well, it's always seems to be Green New Deal related, always seems to be energy related. And it seems that he is going to push this agenda for other people. He'll work for these massive companies like the Weiss Foundation, or I, I don't know if they're called the Weiss Foundation or not, but Hans Borg Weiss, like these foreign billionaires that are obsessed with climate. Then he comes into the White House and he couldn't even be working on the Nord Stream pipeline deal when Obama was there because of his connection to other people outside of outside of politics that were completely against what they were doing. So he's had to recruit himself before, but now he's in charge. I think, what is it? 367 billion, $375 billion. He gets to dole out to whoever he wants, just a massive slush fund. Like how are we giving that much money to that guy who in the past has had to recuse himself because of his connections to outside massive, massive billionaires that try to control the world as it is. It's a, it's a, it's a crazy thing to me. And then, I mean, even his first week, uh, his first week, his brother, <laughs> Tony Podesta, who lobbies for Hua, highway, yep. highway, highway got removed some sanctions. Also, this is first reported by Raheem Kassan over there at national pulse, but they, they, the sanctions on highway got completely like d- dialed down by the Biden administration. And that's within a week of him being there. So that just tells you that what's going to happen. That's the tone right there. And it just, that's the kind of, that's the thing that sets up this president. I don't think I've seen a president. I mean, in my lifetime, I know I'm pretty young, so that's not a lot of presidents, but <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a president that is more committed to the grift. That's more committed to helping out his friends and making sure. And I guess that comes from 50 years of politics. Oh yeah. It's really one of the more disgusting things I've seen. And I, everybody, of course, people are going to say Trump's corrupt, too. Trump's corrupt, too. Uh, it's like, well, is there anybody that's more blatantly like they were coming for Trump for what? Four straight years. They're still coming for him. Like, yep. in six years now, you know, and and Biden has had real proof of him doing stuff where his son's connected to these Chinese banks yep. or Ukraine and all that other stuff and Burisma. And you're and you're looking at this and you're like, that's pretty, pretty blatantly true. And that's you want to still focus on Trump? I just don't I don't understand it. But at this point he's he's in, he's clearly gonna make it through and all we can hope for is the next generation of people don't you know, don't don't care about like we'll fight against stuff like this. Yeah, I mean I'm still trying to figure out who is the first person that I could think of off the top of my head who hasn't wrote 
written like a fake news tell all book about Donald Trump that that hasn't gotten rich off of him. Like essentially no one in Trump world that that's gone away from the administration and still kind of stays in that orbit with him has made any kind of money. And I don't think anybody's lost more money uh, as a politician than Donald Trump did. And that's completely going against the grain of what it's like in DC politics now. So you can kind of tell who was probably really working for the American people. Although you might not have liked everything he did or said at the end of the day, he, he busted his ass for us. And, uh, you could just tell by their, you know, net worth, uh, uh, which ones, uh, you know, went out and decided to write a book of, of a whole bunch of like, you know, lies and stuff and, 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 and kind of get it out there to make money for themselves after they kind of get, get themselves, uh, disconnected from Donald Trump. Uh, and that's the craziest thing. Every single person, if you're anything Trump related, it's going to suck. Like that's, that's, you could be the guy that washed his shoes, you know, when he was in the, when he was in bed at night, like the person that, that oiled his shoes at night, Canceled. that guy's going to have a, you know, a story. And that also, I mean, that, that goes to the the character of the guy. I mean, he's a very loud, energetic dude. He's going to say a lot of cool things, a lot of different things over the course of his career, but also goes to the fact that there's so many different people that are so invested in trying to make his life harder yep. that they'll pay any amount of money for a book, no matter how crappy it is that no matter how limited it is on information and more, you know, it's, it, they're always going to buy it because they want to see, make his life harder. Yep. And that tells you what he did for American politics. That's how scared the establishment got when he became the president. And how scared they are of him coming back. It's like, you got to look at all these former big time officials, secretary of state, presidents, vice presidents, people of, of that former attorney generals. They go out to speaking events. They get tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars just to walk out on stage, wave, say a couple things about, you know, policies that they did during the administration take off. Donald Trump's doing the Save America rally circuit right now for all of his endorsed candidates across the country, essentially for free. I mean, it's funded by a super PAC, which means he technically can't be making money off of it. And uh, we talked to all the people who are on the circuit with him. They're all out hustling, uh, doing work for all these campaigns as well, and they're not making any money off of it either. So it's just interesting to see, like, Hillary Clinton, you know, has her Netflix show, and she's going to make hundreds of thousands of dollars off of it. Meanwhile, Donald Trump's, you know, between now and November 8th, is going to be speaking on almost every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, crisscrossing across the country for free, two hours a night, every single time, and it's going to be energy level top of the charts. JW, one of the things I wanted to segue through, we saw some horrible numbers this week. Now, I'm not talking about inflation. It's the ones down at the southern border. For the first time, the Department of Homeland Security has confirmed that ever over 2 million um, migrants have crossed over this border illegally uh, since the start of the fiscal year. That brings the grand total, if you include getaways, which this year is probably over a million, close to 5 million people have entered this country illegally and have been let into the United States since the start of the Biden administration. This is doing such bad things for crime, drugs, destabilizing schools, and, and just destabilizing communities. We saw last week when Ron DeSantis uh, airlifted some migrants up to Martha's Vineyard what just 50 people who were well dressed, who had cell phones, who had matched luggage. These weren't like the ones that are crossing through the Rio Grande. These people were at least cleaned up. They are dropped in Martha's Vineyard. Complete meltdown removed by the National Guard within like 30 hours. Uh, the hypocrisy is crazy, but the crisis that's going on down there is something like we've never seen before. What, what, what do you think about, you know, looking at this thing, how much this is going to culturally change this country moving forward? The thing for me when it comes to that, it's just, I mean, it's so terrible on so many levels. I used to work for a member from Texas. He used to work for Troy Nels, and he was very, very deep in that. He knows so much about it. He's a great reference. If great you reference. To something like that. But he, it's just, it, what, what that tells me is the establishment, the establishment, this Biden administration, they don't care about the Southern states. 
the Southern states, you know, a lot of them don't make as much money as the other states. A lot of them, like when it comes down to, I mean, of course, Texas makes a a great deal, but when you look at like the leadership, like who's in leadership in Congress, California, New York, like nobody from the Southern states. So they don't, nobody's really taking their interests and giving them the light of day. Like, like when it comes to the infrastructure bill, all that money, most of that money goes to what? New York goes to California. The reality is the people that really need it, especially down at the border where they yep. need at least a wall or something just to limit them. And I'm not, and I'm not even against the, the whole like streamlining the immigration process, making it more legal. I'm, I don't know as much about that. I'm sure that's, there's definitely problems with that as well, but anything was better than right now where we need walls to secure it. And we need a process that works that people can agree on that gets the people that we want in here and keeps the people that are selling drugs and killing people and doing all these crazy crimes out and making sure they stay out. Yeah, no, it's true. You know, they, they say that there's been like hundreds of people on the FBI and, and, and the Department of Homeland Security watch list that they've encountered over the course of, of this fiscal year. You have to believe that those numbers are a complete fabrication when you think about just the sheer magnitude of the amount of people that have crossed this border, in addition to like nearly a million getaways what has been able to come in this country. Breitbart did an expose this week talking about how places like Venezuela were literally emptying their prisons and turning their prisoners over to NGOs to help get up to the Mexican border as fast as possible and release into the United States. A lot of people may not believe that, but if you go on TikTok, there's a lot of people in this country from Venezuela who are making TikTok videos saying, like, we have brought... Our crime to your country, people that are walking down the streets, people that are in the subways, people that are waiting in line at the store, they're going to get popped just like they did in Venezuela, and it's going to be just as easy to do that stuff here. We've seen cartels, like literal official cartel TikTok accounts and Instagram accounts, driving past state troopers in Arizona with, with uh, you know, rifles and stuff like that, like just joking, like, you know, they're going to pull somebody over for speeding, and here we are with like a truck full of fentanyl, they can't even do anything to us. And this is the reality we're living in right now. Yeah, and laws just seem to not exist. And by the way, on the Venezuela thing, Jorge Ventura has a great video talking to all those people yep. when they couldn't even get, there's kids living on the streets because the, they can't even get into the shelters because they're so packed. Yep. But yeah, just the, the lack of law and order in the country is crazy. Like I'm in D.C., so it's just the cops can't do anything. They're not supposed to do anything. Like you can't even pay for the metro. Like you don't pay for the metro here. You jump the thing. It's more normal to jump than to freaking for to pay for most for a lot of people. Like it's crazy. People, I pay. I sit there and I watch people in suits jump the thing. Like it's it's like America's completely gone. The way of just it's just free reign on what you want to do on a day to day basis when it comes to. Uh, like destroying property when it comes to ev- evading certain uh, like certain community standards that used to be something that everybody in America enjoyed and preserved. And now it's just completely off the rails. No, it certainly is. Last thing I wanted to touch on with you, we were joking about it uh, before the show offline this morning. So we sent Don Lemon off into the sunset on our Friday edition of the show last week. Noah <laughs> wore out our Mr. Garrison button on a, on a minute of him basically oh. yeah, talking about how he wasn't getting demoted even though he was losing his two-hour primetime spot and getting moved to like the 5 a.m. morning show circuit. And uh, he's going to keep just – Cannot get a W. He just keeps racking up L's for himself. There was a royal commentary uh, commentator with him yesterday, and they were talking about how well Don Lemon suggested that the royal family should pay like global reparations. Oh, he for got slavery owned and got absolutely ratioed in lifetime. I pulled the clip. It's a short one. Let's hear it. Well, this is coming when you know this all of this wealth, and you hear about it comes as England is facing rising costs of living, a living crisis, austerity, budget cuts, and so on. And then you have 
the, those who are asking uh, for reparations for colonialism, and they're wondering, you know, $100 billion, $24 billion here and there, $500 million there. Some people want to be paid back, and, uh, and members of the public are wondering, why are we suffering when you are, he almost said you know, you have all of this vast yeah. wealth? Those are legitimate concerns. Well, I think you're right about reparations in terms of if people want it, though, what they need to do is you always need to go back to the beginning of a supply chain. Where was the beginning of the supply chain? That was in Africa. And when across the entire world, when slavery was taking place, which was the first nation in the world that abolished uh, slavery? The first nation in the world to abolish it. It was started by William Wilberforce, was the British. In, In Great Britain, they abolished slavery. 2,000 naval men died on the high seas trying to stop slavery. Why? Because the African kings were rounding up their own people. They had them on cages waiting in the beaches. No one was running into Africa to get them. And I think you're totally right. If reparations need to be paid, we need to go right back to the beginning of that supply chain and say who was rounding up their own people and having them handcuffed in cages. Absolutely. That's where they should start. And maybe, I don't know, the descendants of those families where they died in the high seas trying to stop the slavery, that those families should receive something too, I think, at the same time. Got him. It's an interesting discussion, Hillary. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. We'll continue to, to discuss oh, oh, in the future. Nothing? That's weird. Yeah, he took his, his eyebrows went up all the way the entire time she was talking. And then right before he said bye to her, you see the biggest gulp go down his neck because he was so like flabbergasted. He didn't know what to say. Yeah, he was he was trying to catch her off guard, make her sound stupid. I, I thought she was going to like pull up a map and start dropping like PowerPoint slides. Oh, that like, would have been amazing. Oh, uh, JW, you saw that in real time. You thought it was hilarious. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, it's true. The whole reparations thing is kind of, you know, it, it's one of those things. Number one, it's never going to happen. Number two, if you go back to, like, the root causes of actual slavery, you're going to f- not really like the answers. It's not the things you hear from people who win uh, Pulitzer Prizes for the 1619 Project no. and Critical Race Theory. What, what, what do you think about seeing Don Lemon get absolutely dunked on and he's kind of, like, removed from the news circuit? Oh, it's glorious. So glorious. Like there's certain people that you always see in liberal media that go out there and they just create problems. They don't actually say anything. They're lying a lot of the time. And Don Lemon's always been one of them. He's always been one of the more insufferable people. And to watch him get broken down, I was upset they didn't fire him, but the demotion is almost sweeter. You know, that's it's all it's nice watching him. That video of him saying I was not demoted is one of the funnier videos of all time when he's about to go on the morn a morning show after being prime time. Yeah, they so asked and I said yes. Great. And that's just another example of why, and that, that's the thing about cable news that I don't like is that it's very rare, rare that you get an expert that gets to explain their full opinion. Yep. Cause generally they're there and they get their little five minutes uh, quota. And that's why the podcast format's so much better, but she went in there, she used her time incredibly effectively and she just burned Don Lemon to the ground. And it's actually funny that that happened because I wrote an article a couple weeks ago about this new, new movie coming out called the women King. Oh which my is, gosh. Uh, yeah. oh, <laughs> this movie is about a, the kingdom of the, homie which was one of those kingdoms she's talking about they used to enslave people and sell them to europeans and the uh, the the british had to blockade blockade this whole kingdom to stop them from selling these people mm-hmm. like they told them this no longer happens and they actually had to send ships down there and physically stop them from doing it and they're making a movie about it about women black women empowerment but so i always thought i, I thought that was one of the crazier hypocrisies that's going on in just regular um movie hollywood right now but that's one of the wilder 
wilder uh, video clips of all time. And I think that's something that should be played every time you talk to someone about reparations. Like if you really want to learn something about it, let's go d- deep down into the history. I had an African-American history teacher who was, who was African-American who taught me about this stuff. Like it's not something that's new. It's not something that's crazy. Like this is stuff that's in history. You, you should be learning it. But right now the left does just pretends that everything before uh, slavery and Jim Crow didn't exist. Right. So that's, that's just kind of the way that the, the, they reimagine history. Well, yeah, you have, you have people like Zinn with his people's history of the United States, which is just a totally twisted view of everything that, that literally is part of curriculum now. Yeah. No, it's, it's sad. And, and the things that our kids don't learn anymore, anybody doesn't learn because adults go back to college and, uh, you know, they may have been disconnected from the educational community for decades. And then they go back there and they take like, let's just say U.S. history or world history or African history classes. And then they're getting taught something that's number one essentially not true and number two definitely not the way it happened and it's just it's just setting us up for failure because we are literally forgetting our past and and right now we are so disconnected from what made this country great as cliche as it sounds we're we're really reaping the effects of what happens when you disconnect yourself from the american dream yeah and you look at look i mean it's when we start redacting stuff and changing history like some of the greatest writers of all time are russian are we going to stop showing Russian, Russian literature, like Dostoevsky, is that gone? Like that's the kind of things that's like, what are we doing? Like how, how do we learn and grow if we're not going to be able to look at our past and see what they did wrong or see what they did right? I mean, that's, that's the thing right there. No, that's the truth. JW, I, I wouldn't mind having you stop in with us for at least once a month and, and do a little sit down on some hot topics that are affecting the nation right now. Cause this segment has been awesome. I think our listenership's really going to enjoy it. Where can we find you across social medias and find some of your work? Uh, I mean, first of all, you, you all need to head over to the daily caller because they have some of the best work out there. But yep. my, my social media is at Joel W Gibbons, G I B B O N S V at Joel W Gibbons V. So that, that's going to be my, that's going to be my at. And most of my stuff is going to go out on Twitter. I'm, I'm hopefully going to start doing a little bit more on some other social media platforms, but right now I'm just trying to help the brand and try to make daily caller uh, more, more visible out there because I think they do great reporting. And that's something that I don't, I used to be a comms director. I worked with a lot of different papers. Um, the daily caller may seem like a more right wing uh, paper and that people discredit that. And they definitely are a little bit far on the writer's side, but they do good reporting and they don't go out there with, without, uh, without the information, without the quotes or without the numbers. So that's something that's important. If you, if you ever, uh, if you ever want to read something that's actually real yeah from talking to you and our experiences with jorge some of the most comprehensive groundwork and actual journalism out there we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to jump in with us today we'll live link the daily caller and your social media in the show description today jw thanks for joining us on steak for breakfast thanks for having me see you all again soon take care so during his famous red speech a couple of weeks ago joe biden labeled his political opponents domestic extremists terrorists who threaten the existence of our nation now you may have written off that claim as the rantings of a doddering old fool, but this is the President of the United States who was the full mechanics of the largest bureaucracy in the history of the world behind him. So now the FBI is working hard to bolster those false claims. It's opened domestic terrorism investigations all over the country, most of them against innocent people. Now we have proof that many of these investigations are entirely fraudulent. They're political. This is so wrong. This should not be happening. Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio just sent a letter to the FBI director, Christopher Wray, who should be ashamed of himself, outlining the evidence. The evidence comes from a whistleblower within the FBI. Mm. According to that whistleblower, the FBI is breaking its own procedures to create the illusion that new domestic extremism cases are popping up all over the United States. 
In reality, virtually all of these cases are about January 6th, which was a nonviolent election justice protest and covered, of course, by the Constitution of the United States, excluding the people who committed vandals. But you have a right to assemble if you want. So the FBI's Washington office is overseeing these investigations, these domestic extremist investigations. The whistleblower said that, quote, the manipulative case file practice creates false and misleading crime statistics. Instead of hundreds of investigations stemming from a single black swan incident at the Capitol, January 6th, FBI and DOJ officials point to significant increases in domestic extremism and terrorism around the United States. So they're lying with numbers, just like they did under Corona. This is fraud. And now it's occupying a huge percentage of the FBI's time at the very moment we just had two million people whose identities we can't verify waltz into our country. Now, the whistleblower says he was told that, quote, child sexual abuse material investigations were no longer an FBI priority and should be referred to local law enforcement agencies. Wow. Oh, Jermaine, to the last subject we addressed in the open tonight, you'll notice they're downplaying the importance of child sex crimes. Interesting. So we reached out to the FBI for comment, and a spokesman told us, quote, the threat posed by domestic violent extremists is persistent, evolving, and deadly, end quote. <laughs> of course, they can't point to any deadliness. <laughs> Ashley Babbitt. Oh, wait. She was killed. Well, welcome to the show. That's kind of the state of the union we're in right now, and I don't, I don't think there's any better way than we could follow up with someone from the Daily Caller than with Odo Cold Open from Tucky. That was his lead-in last night. We're going to get to that Jim Jordan clip. He joined Tucker shortly thereafter to talk about the disgustingness level uh, of this explosive story coming out of the FBI and the DOJ right now. Biggest hero in the country, and there are a lot of them running around right now, whether it be in the midterm elections, President Trump putting his life on the line every single time he goes out there, you know, people that are fighting back against things in, like, schools and for voter integrity. The biggest hero of the moment right now is that FBI whistleblower that came out. Yeah. And not only talked about some of the bullshit that's going on, that that completely corrupt and rotten organization – but to the extent of what it entails, basically saying like, oh, pedophilia, child trafficking, no big deal. We'll let the states handle that. We don't need the FBI for that. We have people waving MAGA flags out in the, you know, in the bay doing a, doing a little Trump boat parade. Those are the people that are going to try and take this country down. That grandma in the electric wheelchair. Oh, well, it's good to have the whole team here. Antoinette, welcome. We missed you. We loved you. Miss you guys, too. And we're glad you're here for the show. Uh, we got a pretty big one for you today. Producer note, Joe Kent rescheduled for next week. He texted me late last night and said a uh, campaign opportunity arose that he just can't pass up on, and he was out of the house early this morning That's to fine. participate. And, uh, you know, we love Joe Kent, and we'll have him in here on our Tuesday or Friday edition of the show next week for sure. But uh, we are going to have a couple great guests later, um, and, and we're going to do the back end of the show in the Trump rally with Norbin Laden. So before we even get started, you're welcome. Um... So, yeah, that's kind of what's going on in the news media this week. As soon as we want to, like, get away from talking about just the FBI and the DOJ, it looks like they are literally intertwined into everything that's going on right now, uh, from repressing stuff going into the elections all the way up through not caring about child trafficking anymore, and it's absolutely disgusting. Jim Jordan joined Tucky shortly after that uh, open segment right there. I want to play the clip from him because he breaks it down a little bit, you know, uh, for us to kind of get our brains wrapped around it. Congressman, we really appreciate your coming on and telling us about this. Thank you. Um, you bet. So how do you assess what the whistleblower has told you? 
well, we think he's we think he's being straightforward. We think he's as honest. We think he's a brave guy for coming forward. And I think the way I view it, my mind is Tucker. They're juicing the numbers and they're cooking the books, and they are so focused on this, they're willing to pull agents from child trafficking cases to foster this narrative that you talked about. That Joe Biden in front of Independence Hall with the red background, clenched fist, talking about half the country being extremists. So remember, we've had previous whistleblowers who came to us and said that they were being pressured to label cases as domestic violent extremism. Yep. This whistleblower came forward and talked to us about how they're cooking the books, making the numbers seem that there are cases all over the country, when in fact they're all related to January 6th. And now what's happened today, we learned that this newest whistleblower is, has been suspended from his job. So there's retaliation going against this guy for coming forward and telling us what's going on. So the administration is doing this because there's really no one to push back. I mean, corporate America is completely on their side, the entertainment business, the media, yep. and, of course, the entire Congress. If Repub Democrats think they're going to win both houses, keep both houses, <laughs> they just announced today we're going to keep both houses. Yeah. Nope. If that were are. to happen, well, I hope it doesn't, of course, but if it were to happen, yeah. it feels like they would double down and start putting a lot of people in jail. No, you, and you've, you, that's, that's why this election in 50 days, Tucker, is so darn important. The way you send a message is put Republicans in in charge, and then what we have to do is get tough. We've got to be committed to getting the truth to the American people. We've got to be committed to any and every, every remedy we can come up. Nothing should be off the table when it comes to reining in a political justice department, which everyone knows is now the case. Yeah. I mean, think about the last six weeks. Joe Biden raided the home of a former president, took the phone of a sitting member of Congress. The inspector general at the Justice Department assisted in imaging the phone. He's supposed to be the independent oversight of the Justice Department. Fucking and oh, by joke. the way, he also signed legislation which is going to unleash 87,000 IRS agents to come harass we the taxpayer. That happened in six weeks, for goodness sake. So yeah, this election is critical when it comes to America's freedoms, liberties, and the Bill of Rights. I think you're right. I'm not a you know, huge booster of the Republican Party or anything, but I'm certainly rooting for them this time. That's for sure. I think this is, the, when you put it that way, this is really scary. And I appreciate you coming on uh, tonight. Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio, thank you. Thank you, Tucker. You know, and, and guys, we sit 49 days out from Election Day. It's Tuesday. If we arrest everybody that votes on that side, there won't be any on that side to vote for. True story. They're, they're going to have paddy wagons set up at the election centers on yeah, uh, November 8th. Who'd, who'd you just vote for? Oh, get in the van. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe that this is the world we live in right now. I mean, Jim Jordan outlined it there just, just about perfectly. I mean, he, he can't really talk about how important it is to— and the Democrats did go out yesterday stumping that they fully plan on winning uh, both chambers of the Congress come November 8th. I mean, the numbers right now aren't reflecting that. Uh, you know how I identify in my election pronouns. Are they going to do uh, mail-in ballots for that? or Surely hope not. They're definitely doing proxy voting uh, in the halls of Congress still, though. Um, I'm a 53-240. That's how I kind of identify in my midterm election success ratio pronouns. And, uh, you know, it, uh, there's people out there today saying that they could see a pathway to 55 Senate seats and maybe even higher than 240, which is fine. Uh, the actual numbers at the end of the day, it, you, to get to supermajority levels are, are so high, we're not there yet. I believe it's like 65 or 67 Senate seats and then 290 plus in the House. That's more of the long game. That's more of looking down the road to stacking them in, in 2024 and then 2026. We've talked about it with so many people, Liz Harrington, Christina Bob on this show. 
and just need to, uh, you know, kind of focus on right now. We're in the home stretch. There's going to be a lot of distractions. This stuff coming out at the FBI, you'll probably see, now that their hands been played a little bit, more aggressive behavior from them, more raids, more fake stories. Uh, you know this administration is leaning on all of the major pollsters, the New York Times, the Washington Post, even places like Fox News where, you know, uh, Paul Ryan's not a huge fan of Donald Trump and anything MAGA runs that company now. And you're going to see these these voter numbers just get absolutely suppressed. It's kind of hard to even look at a poll and know that there's any pollster out there right now who's who's running with an honest shot. And, and just keep in mind, in the 2020 presidential election and the 2016 uh, presidential election and, and the 2018 midterms, 7 to 9% off were all of the major pollsters. And, and it's, you know, we're, we just have to focus on the candidates, their race, and the people who live in those districts. That's the only focus right now. And, uh, you know, it's funny because you see Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy out there starting to give money to people like J.D. Vance, like Blake Masters, like uh, Don Boldock up in New Hampshire, like John Gibbs in Michigan. Joe Kent's finally starting to get money after they buried him with, with dark money in, in, in the primary race. And, you know, these guys need it more now than ever. So if you live in districts where there's a competitive house seat or, or one that's, like, extremely in, in the margin of error to where we're seeing flippage possibly happening, you got to get out there and just, like, on a Saturday or Sunday, walk with your candidate, put lawn signs up, talk to them about the campaign platform. And I don't care if it's $1, donate something to their campaign to help keep that going because you know how much money is stacked on the Democrat side and they're just up against the absolute gist of it right now. So we got to segue a little bit because there was some stuff going on. I don't know if you guys had saw it. Joe Biden jumped on 60 Minutes this weekend for an exclusive interview. Mm. And uh, you want to talk about crotchety. <laughs> um, he was not pleased with some of the questions he was answered, and you'll be even uh, less surprised at some of the responses that he gave. Um, let's jump into it. We're going to talk about how his administration has essentially been a complete failure and see what his... Did they ask him that? Well, more or less. Jeez. Let's hear his response. Mr. President, as you know, last Tuesday, the annual inflation rate came in at 8.3%. The stock market nosedived. People are shocked Fire up by the their grocery them. bills. What Damn. can you do better and faster. Well, first of all, let's put this in perspective. Oh. Inflation rate month to month was just uh, 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 just an inch, oh. hardly at all. You're not arguing that 8.3 is good news. No, I'm not saying it's good news, but it was 8.2 or 8.2 before. I mean, it's not. You're, maybe I can make it sound like all of a sudden, oh. my God, it went to 8.2 oh. percent. It's been it's the highest inflation rate, Mr. President, in 40 years. I got that, but guess what? We are him, we're in a position where, for the last several months, it hasn't spiked. It is just barely, it's been basically even. He's doing that. I'm not quite sure what to do with my hands. Oh, boy. <laughs> that, that's how it started. Yeah. Antoinette, you're a huge fan of uh, Joe Biden going off the rails. What did you think about when you uh, heard him confronted with those inflation numbers, which, like he said, are the worst in almost 50 years? I automatically turn him <laughs> I can't. I like- it's, it's so fucking hard for me to even, I, I just can't. I literally automatically tune them out. What, what what was the high the high number they just said? Uh, well, eight point nine so, or eight point three? No, eight point three. Yeah. So eight point three, which is the highest number right. that it's ever been, right? And he's like, "Well, it was just eight point two before that." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's how rising inflation works, you fuck." 
<laughs> he just doesn't get it. And, and it's like you can't see him paraded out for stuff like this and not know that he's like you cannot not know that he's not the person running this country. Like 100%. Do you think he thinks he's running the country? Like, do you think he's just like coddled to the point where he thinks he's actually doing shit? I mean, but it has to undermine it when they, when he, they literally like, he goes out and says a bunch of random shit and then they have to go and correct everything that he said. Did you guys see him getting driven to Buckingham? about it. So he obviously knows he's not in charge. Yeah. Did, did you guys see him getting driven to Buckingham Palace yesterday? Oh, and they were, they were. Fuck Joe Biden's on the side of the road. People flipping him off. And in he's England. Just, yeah, in England. And he's really? just, he's just sitting there. He looks bewildered. Like he can't believe it's happening. He's like, why are they doing it here too? I haven't even done anything to this country. And, and it's, it's just like. And then he sat. I mean, Donald Trump. They put him in the fucking cheap seats. Yeah, maybe it was closer to the bathroom. He was actually 14th row or something. Or the loo, as they call it there. But Donald Trump truthed it with a picture of the thing and with a big arrow pointed at him. And he's like, real estate matters. And, you know, that's a huge perception. Wait, did Trump go to the the funeral or no? He is going to go to a private event in the United States. Okay. uh, But it's only sitting members of the leaders of yeah, countries yeah, yeah, yeah. yet now just because I, I of that. I wouldn't think he would go to the public event at all. No, it's, it's going to be a private one. And he did have a special relationship w- w- with the queen. It was, it was kind of a weird dynamic based off of, you know, a lot of stuff, but it, it, the Joe Biden thing. And then the only still picture that comes out of that whole fucking funeral bed of Joe Biden is him with, with his, his hand tongue, wrapped right? around his fucking tongue. Like his tongue <laughs> is all the way out of the mouth and he's like wiping hair off of it or something. Yeah, no, I saw oh, that. Oh, he had a, a sniff that got too deep, probably. Oh, my gosh. It got, just got in the back of some little kid's head. Somebody, I, I forgot. I, I don't know who it was, but they said that oh, he, he was, like, licking his fingers yeah. to, like, turn a page. But people are saying other things. I haven't really paid attention too much to the entire procession for the queen and whatnot, but... I thought that was really funny because it, it popped up on my phone. No, oh, I mean, it, it's just, it, it's embarrassing. He is an embarrassment. Well, he can and lick his fingers now, the pandemic's over. <laughs> that's true. He did announce that. He also announced, which... Of Have court- they corrected that yet? And say he, the, the president didn't mean the pandemic was over. Well, something else they haven't corrected is this obvious change in policy that he again talked about on 60 Minutes. Let's hear it. What should Chinese... President Xi know about your commitment to Taiwan. We agree with what we signed on to a long time ago, and that there's a one-China policy, and Taiwan makes their own judgments about their independence. We are not moving, we're not encouraging their being independent. We're not, let, that's their decision. But would U.S. forces defend the island? Yes, if in fact there was an unprecedented attack. After our interview, a White House official told us U.S. policy has not changed. (laughs) Officially, the U.S. will not say whether American forces would defend Taiwan. But the commander-in-chief had a view of his own. So unlike Ukraine, to be clear, sir, U.S. forces, U.S. men and women, would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion? Yes. Oh, God. Scissor me timbers. Burning it early today. Well, we got the Trump rally for news, too, so you're not going to be using any of it there. Um, But but That that is amazing. That is the most disconnected (laughs) government official who should not be disconnected. Like, I'm I'm going to fact check him right there. He should not be disconnected. 54-second clip. What a fucking idiot. And 30 seconds of it is a fact check of the person actually talking. And while the fact check is playing, you just see, like, a muted Joe Biden moving his mouth, and then they cut back to him. I'm just like... I wish they would have, like... 
you know, had like a, a, a voice cameo of somebody else, like, you know, a la uh, Ewan McGregor from Train Spotting or something. <laughs> I'm, I'm at a loss for work. Like, I sat through the entirety of this thing, and these are the high low lights. So, was. God bless you because I couldn't. <laughs> was the actual interview in in its entirety put out as is before their their own fact checks or absolutely did they f- not oh of course not so whatever he was saying i mean uh, if we have anybody that knows how to lip read could you give us the uh, play-by-play of what was going on while they were fact checking him because i couldn't hear oh gosh you know and, and the thing is then he talks about good old bi- corn- bipartisan oh, scranton joe thought you were gonna say corn pop well, no, we're, we're not talking about him yet. We I mean, might have you ever seen later. them in the same room together. Mm, good question. He does have the leg hairs. Joe Biden yeah. bragged about six Republican senators who uh, apparently over the course of the last almost two years have come to him looking for bipartisan solutions. We already know that like people like Mitch McConnell and Mitt Romney. Sure it wasn't stock trading tips. And John Thune because he's Mitch McConnell's mm-hmm. lackey. So there's three right there. We got to figure out who the other three are so we can get them primary in the next cycle. But uh, let's hear him brag about out of how 50 people, six scumbags go and hang out with them. Mr. President, you were elected to the Senate in 1972. You were 29 years old. And in those days, it seemed that the parties worked together to move the country forward. And I think many Americans feel that that no longer happens and, in fact, may be impossible now. Well, I don't think it's impossible, but it's, it's changed. What we do today, think about it. It's all personal attacks. It's you about called motive. half the country fascist. It's not about I disagree on the on the subject matter. And secondly, I think that um, it's I think it's fair to say that we've not had a president like the last president who has made all of it so personal. I've had six Republican senators. I promised I'd never say their names, and I won't. Oh. Come up to me in the last two years and say, "Joe, I agree with you, but if I if I vote this way, it's gonna they're gonna primary. I'm gonna lose an election." Oh. It didn't used to be that way, but it's coming back a little bit. It's coming back. Do you see it? It seems to me, Mr. President, that when you were first came to the Senate, the other guy had a bad idea, okay. and now the other guy is a bad guy. Yeah. And I don't know how you get back. Well, I tell you what, think about this. I was able to get a we were able to get a bipartisan one point two trillion dollar package done for dealing with the whole question of rebuilding the country, the roads and highways. The fact of the matter is we've gotten a lot of things done bipartisanly when everybody said we're not going to do anything. Don't let Biden have any successes, et cetera. So it's still a way to go. But I think we're making some progress. Mm, making some real progress there, ha- Joe. Has he, has he had any successes? Mm. Are you guys ready for the last one? Because you want to know what? When they got into a little bit more. So they were going around like they were watching clips of him interact with President G via Zoom. Uh, they were walking around the Oval Office and, and the White House that was completely cleared out. And uh, for a little bit portion of this and, and when it got most crotchety is when they sat face to face in like a quiet study. And the last question he asked them, I actually give 60 Minutes, which is completely fucking fake news, and they are absolute trash. Every single correspondent for them, top to bottom, is like garbage-tier reporting. I I, I give them credit for having the uh, cojones to actually ask Joe Basements this question. Mr. President, 
you are the oldest president ever. Pretty good shape, huh? Which leads to my next question. You are more aware of this than anyone. No, he's not. Some people ask whether you are fit for the job. And when you hear that, I wonder what you think. Watch me. <laughs> what? I mean, honest to God, that's all I think. Watch me. If you think I don't have the energy level or the mental acuity, then, then you know. I have a raging erection right now. This is not that's a another thing. This is just real. Watch and, and you know, keep my schedule. Do what I'm doing. I, I think that. Uh, Do what you're doing. You know, the country, uh, I don't. When I sit down with our NATO allies and keep them together, I don't have them saying, "Wait a minute, how, how old are you? What do you? What do you say?" You know, I mean, no, that's it's a matter you of you know yeah. that old expression: the proof of the pudding's in the eating. I mean, wait, what? No, I, I, I respect the that's, fact that people would say. Can you fact check you know, that saying? You're old. I think that's. Uh, yeah. I think that's a but sexual. I think it reference. relates to how much energy you sexual have pudding. and whether or not the job you're doing is one consistent with. Uh, what any person of any age would be able to do. How would you say your mental focus is? Oh, it's focused. <laughs> I, say it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look, I have trouble even mentioning, even saying to myself my own head the number of years. I no more think of myself as 700? being as old as I am than fly. I mean, it's just not, uh, uh, I haven't observed anything in terms of, there's not things I don't do now that I did before, whether it's physical or mental or anything else. Like pooping oh your pants? Oh, my God. What a stupid son of a bitch. Yeah. That's amazing. Leader the, of the free world. Wait, hold on. Let, 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 let me look up this uh, proof is in the pudding. Is it, Wait, the proof? The proof is in the pudding that you're eating. No, it's the, <laughs> the, the proof yeah. of the pudding is in the eating. Okay. It's in the eating, yeah. Hey, Noah. <laughs> Noah, watch me. <laughs> <laughs> it is an absolute joke and and just they can't even like cut up film to make him look oh i guess that is actually a an actual legit quote can you uh date it uh the proof of the pudding is the eating okay miguel de cervantes saavedra 17 uh He's in the eating right <laughs> i don't know who miguel cervantes saavedra is oh uh he was well, he's if that's his picture, he's got one of those like doily, oh, ascot corrugated. No, it's like this is like uh, ruffles, sixteen hundreds probably. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so when Joe Biden was a lad, yeah, when you know back when he was started in Congress. Mm. Fortunately, that's all I got from that. <laughs> but you might still need the garrison button a little bit. Top White House economic advisor Jared Bernstein jumped on with Martha McCallum uh, to talk about the awful inflation numbers and the significant challenges it's posing the U.S. household. Let's hear his bullshit response. So the number has absolutely spiked over <laughs> the 24-month period of the Biden presidency. I don't think you'll hear any White House uh, economist uh, or policy analyst saying uh, Americans should feel good about inflation. In fact, we know inflation is a, a, a significant challenge uh, to households. And that's why uh, we've done so much to try to help. Now, uh, oh. you talked about everything spiking. Well, in fact, gas prices have, have of course, spiked in the other direction. They're down $1.30 per but they're gallon. But they still $1.30 bit... higher okay, than they were than the, when the president second. took office. I let you ask your question. Please let me give you my answer. Man. So, $1.30 
dollar, still higher. About a dollar, a dollar thirty-four down. That's a that's a savings of about seventy dollars per month for the average driver, uh, and so that's some real breathing room. But we also have helped to make sure that goods are getting through the ports, getting from ship to shelf. Shelves are stocked the way they were before the pandemic. And then there's the Inflation Reduction Act, lowering the cost of prescription drugs, of insulin for seniors, of health care, of energy. And you know what the Republicans' top priority is? To repeal the Inflation Reduction Act. Martha, that's the same and thing as saying our top everybody. economic priority is well, to they don't increase want to pour any more money costs, into the economy. Increase, hold on. Our top economic priority Oof. is to increase health care costs, oh. increase insulin costs oh. to seniors, increase oh. energy costs, increase oh. energy health care costs. Oh. That's uh, not our top, top economic priority. We're pushing right, in right, the right, other right, direction. Well, a lot of those changes would take quite a while to actually kick in. And I think their argument is that the more stimulus you put in, Larry Summers makes the same argument, the longer you're going to drag out inflation. So we'll see. We have to look at these numbers and see if you guys are right. Well, why don't you over get Larry time, on? And we'll have you back and we'll talk about it some well, more. Well, get Larry on and ask him what he thought about the Inflation Reduction Act. He was a big sure. supporter. Why? Because it makes critical investments in good union jobs in America oh. while cutting the prices that families face. But I believe he said it wasn't going to make healthcare, a difference in prescription um, drugs for the first couple of years. Uh, well, some of it right. starts we'll quickly it and some of time. it comes later. But yes, uh, happy to talk <laughs> okay. later, Martha. Yeah, I'm sure you're real fucking happy to talk to her. Oh, so Miguel de Cervantes Saavedra. Uh, Jared. 29th September 1547, okay. assumed, uh, through 22 April 1616. Early modern Spanish writer, widely regarded as the greatest writer in the Spanish language and one of the world's preeminent novelists. I thought it sounded familiar, but I couldn't remember. But yeah, he's the guy that wrote Don Quixote. Oh, nice. Oh, wow, I I thought I that sound his name sounded very familiar. Yeah, the, it's it's he's listed on Wikipedia as Miguel de Cervantes. I think the Saavedra is what kind of threw me. Uh, well, I think if there's one uh, mythological figure that Joe Biden best embodies, it's that's a, definitely fucking <laughs> good, good to see him spouting quotes from that guy. No wonder he quoted that one. Well, Florida senator and, and there's windmills and hopefully. Not green new bullshit, but Senate Majority Leader Rick Scott jumped on with Maria yesterday to talk about this inflation rate that has gone up again and the pushback from everyone in D.C. on the Dem side saying it's awesome. I born to a single mom. I watched her struggle with inflation. It's going on. It's happening all across my state. Uh, people are taking second and third jobs. You know, we're not we're not adding full time jobs anymore in this country. It's these people taking two and three part time jobs. Uh, I know people are delaying their retirement or coming out of retirement and taking um, uh, getting a job because they can't afford the cost of living. And the Biden administration is just out in left field. They can continue to want to keep spending money. I've been in the Senate uh, four years, last two years. It seems like every week Schumer and Pelosi and Biden have some new spending program, which is just fueling more and more inflation. There's no accountability in D.C. right now. And we've teased it last week. Remember, if we are successful on November 8th and get the House and the Senate back in Republican control, you are going to see 60 days of unregulated spending like this country may have never seen before. It's it's what... It, also known as money laundering. You just can't friggin' wrap your brain around how bad it's going to be. Um, but there is a lot of uh, reason to be excited. This America First movement is well on its way to having some success at the ballot box on November 8th. And in our last audio clip of News 1, I pulled one. MTG jumped on War Room on Friday, and uh, she was sitting down with uh, Dr. Peter Navarro, who's going to be on the show next week. And, uh, hey, when are we getting MTG? 
Hopefully soon. Different news, though. We're going to be having Grace Chong on soon. Oh, nice. She's the exe- current executive producer of War Room. And uh, she said she talked to Steve Bannon about coming on our show. I'll show you the messages later. And he said, because she's like, oh, you know what? I only do lives. I do music. And, like, my best talking, like, comes in the form of, like, messages on Getter and stuff like that. Like, she just got kicked off Twitter yesterday for shitting on somebody. I can't remember who it was. But <laughs> I like her already. He's when she told him about it, he said she absolutely needed to do our show. Nice. And she said, once I get on, we could see about getting Steve on. So we'll see where it goes from there. No promises, but I'm hopeful we could maybe exchange black books. (laughs) I could go over upcoming guests with them. Yeah, right. (laughs) So I've adopted the. Just cut cut out the middleman. The baseball pullover, and I'll challenge his thrice blacked collared shirts. We both hold a pen. <laughs> I'll never cut you off like that. Let's hear MTG talking about who's going to be the uh, leader of the Republican Party moving forward. We all know who it is. First, uh, first off, way, we're going to, well, hold on. I know you want to ask her about this, but hold on. Go you got to ask her. Is she now yeah. the official opening act for Trump in the rallies? Yes. This is like five in a row that Marjorie I, Taylor Greene is the opening it, act. It looks that well. Okay. I was going to ask her uh, the same question, but we'll say that comes from Steve. Tell us, uh, you were in Ohio at the latest one. J.D. Vance, the Senate candidate, uh, J.R. Majewski, one of the congressmen. Um, how, what's it feel like out there, and, and what's, what's your role there, and, and what's it like? Oh, let me tell you, Peter. Well, first off, I cannot wait to read your book. Oh, my gosh. Everything that you guys were just describing about it, that is exactly what we need when we take back Congress and we take back the White House in 2024. But I will tell you the reason why I'm on the ground and going to all these rallies is because I unapologetically support President Trump as the leader of the Republican Party, and he will be our nominee in 2024. I don't care how many political consultants are upset because they're not hired on his campaign and they're just trying to make money promoting other so-called candidates for for president in 2024 on the Republican ticket. So I'm out there um, because I know who we need back in the White House and I'm and I'm going to keep going to as many rallies as I can. What I've been doing is talking to people on the ground. Peter, I cannot tell you, Steve, it's incredible. People are so fired up. They are so sick in town, so, so sick and tired of this town right here, and they are ready to vote Republicans up and down the ballot, and it's really exciting. So I'm, I'm really enjoying supporting every single Trump-endorsed candidate and Republicans across the country because we have to win. You know, people were always, like, on the fence about MTG. Her relationship to Donald Trump and loyalties are confirmed. Uh, she has been at every Trump rally this entire midterm election cycle. She speaks at most of them. Most of them. I pulled a clip from the one she was at in Ohio that she was referencing. I'm sorry, that wasn't from Friday. It was from yesterday's uh, edition of War Room, the Battleground edition. Steak for Battleground, maybe? Who knows? Mm. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where she is right up there with Matt Gates and Jim Jordan and Jim Banks and a lot of those other really strong members of the House right now. And she's moved to the forefront to be uh, someone who's really going to be involved in congressional, uh, you know, House committees and stuff next year. I, I think her best days are ahead of her, and we're really going to see her shine because she's gotten her ass kicked the last two years by this administration, and she's more than ready to uh, be punching back. Uh, we're going to segue now. We've got two America First interviews coming in hot, and then right after that, we're going to be breaking down the Trump barley with one of our favorite all-time guests, State of Records royalty, Norbin Laden. All right, joining us next on the show today, he's a candidate for Congress in the 1st Congressional District of Massachusetts. 
He's running an America First platform. He's joining us for the first time. Dean Martelli, thanks for jumping on the show. Thanks, Ronnie. Appreciate it. Great being here. Pleasure to have you. Congratulations on the big recent primary win up there. It seems like, well, every state, especially in the Northeast, is turning into a battleground state right now. You ran on an America First platform. You got out there and uh, used a comprehensive ground game to take it to the constituents of the district, and it seemed like it really resonated in the Republican primary. Yeah, we did really well. Um, people are uh, are pretty upset in, in the uh, resonating message that I was hearing uh, people uh, want change and they want leadership and they feel that that's, that's lacking. And uh, we, uh, one of the, uh, if I can just segue into this, one of the most telling meetings that, that I had or, or events that I went to was a spaghetti supper at a Knights of Columbus hall in Chicopee, Mass. And uh, speaking to a lot of the older citizens you know, in their late seventies and eighties and Irish Catholics that typically vote Democrat, you know, their whole life, these people are not happy. And when I saw that over and over again, I'm like, wow, we're really onto something when you've got, uh, these are the 80 year old people that had in their kitchen when I grew up and you go visit her house, they got the picture of the Pope and the picture of JFK in the kitchen. And, you know, you, you know, you're in the democratic household here, the Catholic. And when they're telling me person after person that I'm tired of black lives matter, all lives matter, and I'm not putting up with it anymore. And they're tired of downgrading the police. We love our police. We need them. I need them for protection. What are they talking about? And then one woman was just about crying, saying her husband was a military uh, uh, individual in the army. He must be rolling over in his grave the way we uh, treat military. Just so I left that spaghetti supper and I'm like, wow, that if if that's resonating through the Democratic vote in the district, we're on to something. Yeah, we certainly are. And I'm telling you what, that's the fuel that must have energized your campaign throughout to hear the pleas not only come from obviously the base, but from now what apparently seems like is a big walkaway movement across the country. Uh, it, it's got to be great to, to know that your platform and all the things you just mentioned, plus the uh, way you're looking to combat the unregulated spending that's going on in Washington, D.C. I know fiscal conservatism is something that you ran on big time in your primary campaign and are looking to segue that to the general election. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's just sad what goes on. And let me just preference the, uh, the CHIPS Act that was recently uh, put on. I think it was, uh, we're talking so many billions, I think it was around $270 billion uh, R&D program. Uh, we see a need for uh, semiconductors and we're going to research and put together uh, the best and the fastest and the smallest and the most comprehensive uh, semiconductors that we could have out there. And uh, the day before it's going to go get passed in the house, they changed the, uh, the um, line that says that those semiconductors have to be made in the United States. Yep. They change it. And so now they open it up. They can be made anywhere in the world. And then the, the bill goes and it sits 
on uh, President Biden's desk because he was on vacation. <laughs> Hardest working president I've ever seen in my life. He needed a vacation. So the bill's sitting there, but that didn't stop Nancy Pelosi. She hops on a government jet and she flies to Taiwan. Well, Taiwan is the largest producer of semiconductors. What a surprise. And that it was the guy I'm running against, a Ways and Means chairman, that changed the legislation that opened the door so she could run out to Taiwan. And then we find out she's got her, her 52-year-old son, Polly Jr., on the plane. No one even knew about that. It, it's a Boeing 7 or, I don't know, 300 series Air Force jet that we fly her and her son to Taiwan. I can almost imagine what the meetings were all about. Uh, it's absolutely crazy. That's not fiscally responsible. I rep I represent the first district over 83 cities and towns in the western part of the state. I think that it would have made a lot more sense if Congressman Neal knew that this was coming up to figure out how he could attract a company to come in the first district and put the jobs here to manufacture the semiconductors rather than, you know, what I'm suspecting uh, side deals that uh, that help out the Speaker of the House in, in uh, Taiwan. Of course, and we're going to stick in that thread as we segue to talk about the general election campaign now. We're, we're 49 days out from when the voters head to the ballot box. Early voting started in a lot of states already. Now, you mentioned Richard Neal. He's the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee and has been, for the most part, a Pelosi lapdog voting over 90% with her and the, and the, and the Biden administration and, and all of the legislation that's come through since the start of the Biden presidency. Uh, looking forward, I mean... When, when the people in Massachusetts see the stuff that's going on, those horrible inflation numbers that came out again, over 8%, they see the southern border wide open, which is contributing to crime, the drug uh, epidemic in this country, low test scores with kids in schools that are getting overwhelmed by people being placed into their school districts. And then you tally that all with the stuff that's going on uh, with the global economy and the sanctions that really didn't do anything to Russia but crippled the middle class here in America and, and some of our foreign policy blunders like the Afghanistan withdrawal and stuff like that. They got to know, listen, Massachusetts isn't a huge place that went out to the ballot box in 16 or 20 and voted for someone like Donald Trump. But at the end of the day, they have to see the other side of the coin, that his policies were something that worked more for not just the middle class, but for everybody. And we've really decided to get away from that with this administration. Yeah, uh, it's it's just the craziest thing going. We're losing on all angles. Uh, yeah, the, our, our kids' education is declining. We're, we're more uh, fixed on uh, gender equality and boys using girls' bathrooms yep. and CRT and all those important issues that really, uh, you know, the futures, future leaders of the country have to have so they can be a useful part of society. We just waste money. We, we fight amongst ourselves. Uh, President Biden has made it a personal agenda to split the country in half. You're either uh, with him or uh, you're, you're whatever name he wants to call you this particular week, but uh, none of it's any good. And, and, and we just go backwards. And, and that's why I was saying when I was out in Massachusetts, we had to get uh, over uh, 2,000 signatures to get on the ballot to, to be able to, to run. And uh, I was hearing over and over again, people want change and they want leadership to lead in the right direction. Kids in school, parents need to have rights over their children. They, they can't let this craziness 
uh, happen. And it's filtering in the, in the school system, in my district. I've got people that are helping me on the campaign that have researched books and everything else. And they say, oh, no, no, that we're not teaching that. Yes, they are. And it goes on and on. So uh, there's so many things that we, we need to uh, change and, and make better on. And uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, an area that I really want to investigate to the max is the origin of COVID and uh, the influence that Dr. Fauci had with the, I mean, he's got like $7 billion that he rules over. What the heck went on that uh, we were money laundering through WHO. Mm -hmm. They come up with this virus and whether the Chinese, it was intentional or not, we need to find out exactly unequivocally where it came from and why they didn't tell anyone about it. They let that spread throughout the country. That led to all these lockdowns, totalitarianism on the administration that you got to, you know, you got to keep your kids out of school. You got to wear a mask. They can't go back. And, and in the meantime, their, their grades are going down. Mental illness is happening and, and uh, we're off to the races. So there's so many things that, it's absolutely insane. Uh, there's a lot of work ahead of us, and uh, a lot of that work starts now, home stretch of the uh, midterm election season. We're, like I said, 49 days out. What are some of the things that you're looking for? What are some of the things you need from our listenership and beyond to help get you over the finish line on November 8th? Yeah, we've got the strongest message uh, on representing the people in the district and representing the United States in the correct manner. Uh, yeah, our platform is absolutely conservative, uh, that that uh, we're totally against anything that the guy that I'm running against would, would be for. But the main thing that we need is, uh, is money. I'm going up against a political machine, $3 million in the bank and unlimited amounts of money if he needed another 10 million he could get that our messaging better we're better for for the country we'll represent people better we're creative in bringing business back into the region and uh support the you know the entire uh plan that uh, the republicans would hopefully have when we get to to congress and and i'm feeling that you know, uh, we win this election before we even get there. We have to have a full agenda, what we're going to do. So the day that we start, you're you're going after uh, policies and closing the border and, you know, investigating COVID and all these other things that we need to do. Day one, no, no you know, energy independence. Boy, do we need to get back to that. Yes. To free, to free up everything. I mean, that's the craziest thing ever. And up here in the, in the Northeast, we got winter coming. The strain's going to come even harder. Energy costs are going to go up. Families are already strained on the food. Now they're going to get strained on keeping their kids in their house warm. No, you're 100% correct. Dean, we want to be able to direct as much of our listenership as we can to follow you on social media, support your campaign both in and out of states, knock on doors, send in those monetary contributions, and uh, do anything we can to assist you moving forward. What's your social medias and campaign website? martilliforcongress.com yeah please martilliforcongress uh, that'd be fantastic uh, any any listener out there uh, that uh, that could help us out it'd be, it'd be phenomenal uh, we got a lot of things that we, we want to do and I think if we got a hundred thousand dollars more, we're we're good. We can take on ten million. We know how to you, you know spend the money wisely and win this race. I like that mentality. It's what 
has uh, fueled a lot of the Republican campaigns throughout the course of this election season, and I feel like it's going to have uh, resounding success come November 8th. This is the America First candidate who's looking to represent Massachusetts won in the upcoming midterm elections. Dean Martilli, thanks for joining us on Steak for Breakfast. Thank you very much. All right, guys, thanks. All right, joining us next on the show today, he's a U.S. Air Force veteran. He's running an America First congressional campaign, looking to uh, take over NJ9, make it great again. Billy Prempeth, thanks for jumping on the show with us today. Uh, thank you guys for having me. And first off, you actually pronounced my last name perfectly. Usually every time I get on air, someone butchers it completely. But Prempa, you actually pronounced it perfectly. So kudos to that. Nice. We do our research on this show. I went through all of your Twitter until I found a video where you actually said your own name. And I listened to it like 10 times. <laughs> so a little bit of pre-production here. Yeah, we've had, we've had to edit a couple things when we blow it. Excellent. Sir, we've been tracking you for a while and are glad you finally uh, were able to get on the show. We know you've been busy. Congratulations on the primary win, first of all. Uh, Thank you. Hard-fought battle in a tough part of the state. I'm originally from New Jersey, down in Ocean County, but uh, I know North Jersey, where you're operating out of, is is a place that's really fallen to uh, a lot of bad Democrat policies over the last couple decades. You want to tell us what you thought helped get you over the finish line in the primary? Um, yeah, so actually, this is my second time running. I ran before in 2020, and uh, when I ran the race, it was a very, you know, vote Republican, vote Trump, uh, vote red kind of uh, campaign. And I did have policies, but we weren't too heavy on that. Um, but even when I ran the, the first go around, we broke records. We got more votes for a Republican than anybody's gotten um, against this 26 year incumbent um, by an additional 38,000 votes from the previous person who broke the record. Um, so we definitely made some significant roads because we focused a lot on on campaigning in the inner city where I live in Patterson. It's the third largest city in the district where there's a tremendous amount of crime, unfortunately. Yeah. And a lot of people are starting to get fed up with what's going on. So this go around 2020, we focus solely on the policies, what we're doing. Um, as we know right now, unfortunately, President Trump is not in office right now. So what matters most is what can I do for the people? What can I do for the district? And the people are beginning to resonate, whether it's Democrat, Republican, or God forbid, the socialists. <laughs> Yeah, they certainly are because, I mean, no matter how much they want a virtue single, they still have to go to the grocery store and pay triple the price for groceries, double the price for gas, and, and when they can find stuff. And then, you know, the job market's a mess. Their kids' educational system is tanking. Test scores lower now than they have been since the late 80s. And it's like you really can't find something good to tie your wagon to uh, coming out of this current administration. So someone that brings a breath of fresh air and change is probably something that, like you said, is resonating with the with – the, uh, constituents there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we've been running a very grassroots campaign. The, and in fact, let me, let me demystify a couple of misconceptions about North Jersey. Um, uh, up in New Jersey, for the most part, in my opinion, is actually a Republican state. And the reason why I say that is because uh, if you look at it historically from the gubernatorial races, other than the previous one in 2021, usually we would have a two-term Republican uh, governor and then a one-term Democrat, two-term Republican. This is the first time, and I believe, uh, I think, I think 16 or 18 years yeah. that that streak has been broken um, where we've had a two-term Democrat. But people are very frustrated with what's going on. Um, and the, the people that really sway the votes in this state, um, especially for the Republicans, are the unaffiliated. And now they've, they're have they feeling more disenfranchised than ever before. Um, and the same goes for a lot of the Democrats. Most of the policies that they're pushing um, don't necessarily reflect what the base of Democrats want. And from what I see, uh, they're pushing 
for more uh, more progressive policies, more CRT, more abortion, and, and these kind of things, rather than actually helping us get out of the hole. And while these things may be important to Democrats, people are more concerned with wh- how they're going to be able to provide for their family, how they're going to keep the roof over their head, what are they going to do to reduce these taxes? And at the same time, Democrats signed the inflation creation bill, that I like to call it, yeah. where they're hiring an additional 87,000 IRS agents that are now uh, armed and have the ability to use deadly force so yep. that they can extract more funds from you. Um, everybody's going to feel that pain. It's not just uh, Republicans, as many people would think. You know, we have less than 2,000 billionaires in the United States, about 20,000 uh, millionaires across the United States, and we just hired an additional 87,000 on top of the original 81,000. That's about 160,000 IRS agents. And yep. for perspective, there's 180,000 uh, Marines that are active duty right now mm-hmm. um, in the United States as per 2020's numbers. So that's a significant increase to the IRS. It's going to hurt a lot of people. Yeah, it certainly is. And it's going to. Yeah, if you I, thought the ATF shot a lot of people's dogs, just imagine <laughs> yeah. what's going to happen with these idiots. Well, we've seen some of those training videos. That is, if they can hit them. Yeah. Uh, we saw. <laughs> you, you, know, you know, it's pretty funny that you mentioned that because we saw yesterday uh, the way some of the, the power and the focus has been shifted from, from inside the Beltway. Jim Jordan went on, uh, you know, some of the evening talk shows and talked about this explosive whistleblower material that's coming out of the Department of Justice right now and, and the FBI talking about how things like even all the way up to allegations of child sex trafficking and, and, and pedophilia are being ignored by the FBI and now pushed back to like state and local agencies so they could focus on finding people who didn't agree with the election results or want to change it moving forward on November 8th. Uh, you know, and I, and I think that's nonsense at this point that, that they're doing that. It looks like they're trying to weaponize uh, the, the government departments and agencies um, against the previous presidents, whether you like him or not. Um, I've never seen anything like this happen to any elected official um, within the United States where the media, uh, the Silicon Valley and the big tech companies, um, as well as some people within his own party are turning against them where there's nothing that this guy could say or do without them uh, even seeing any kind of positivity in him. They're trying to demonize him as much as possible. And I believe Liz Cheney um, earlier this week uh, just introduced some legislation to ensure that uh, Donald Trump doesn't get reinstated. I I remember seeing something like that earlier today. Um, But that just shows how far they're willing to go. And um, while I hear some people talking about wanting to defund and dismantle the FBI, I don't think that's a reasonable thing to do at this point. But what I do do believe needs to happen is that the FBI needs to be purged from the top down. Um, I think the leadership has failed on numerous fronts. Um, Even with this Mar-a-Lago raid, they said that he had nuclear documents and in reality it was a bunch of empty folders that said uh, confidential on it and there's nothing new but the democrats are still going to use this during the midterm to say hey look we found the folders but there's nothing in there where are the documents they're somewhere and they're just going to keep kicking this can down the road um, because that's the only strategy they have they don't want to come out and debate just like my opponent he doesn't want to come out and debate even though we have a debate scheduled for october 16th and it's the league of women voters a democrat super progressive uh group um that is hosting this event i'm willing to debate on any ground in front of any audience in front of anybody um he doesn't want to come out and speak because this guy he's 86 years old he's a career politician almost 40 plus years in politics you know 26 years as congressperson violent crime has gone through the rooftop 
taxes have gone through the roof and whenever it's election time, you throw a couple million dollars here and there to a couple of agencies, hand out some book bags and expect people to kind kind of just bend over and vote for you just because of that. And the truth is, I don't think that that's going to work. So they're trying to use the same exact uh, blueprint that Joe Biden used in this presidential race where they just hide, hope the party carries them forward. And who knows, there may be up to some nefarious things um, inside of these polling sites, which is why it's important that every Republican doesn't just say, hey, we have a red wave coming. It's going to happen and and go gung ho about it. You got to really get off your ass and go to the polls and not just vote, but volunteer to work at your polls. We need poll watchers and people to guide this, because if you guys have seen the 2000 meals documentary, you you see how they were able to um, uh, really alter the effects of the election. And even if it wasn't significant, let's just playing devil's advocate here. I believe the information was sufficient to show that it was a lot, but playing devil's advocate and we say that it, it wasn't a lot of fraud that was done. The fact remains that this is possible. They actually did it. And if they were able to do that, who's to say what can't be done at a local level, especially mm-hmm. someone who's been in politics for well over 40 plus years and has his hands in a lot of people's back pockets. Oh, it's, it, I mean, that's pretty much it right there. And, and just he probably to, doesn't want to debate because he can only say back in my day. Well, that's uh, the thing I want to clarify for, <laughs> for our listenership right now. His campaign opponent is not Chuck Grassley, 86, where he could sit on the head of a committee and actually yeah. lead it. He is literally Joe Biden needs to get walked around. Not very coherent, uh, you know, 86 years old. And that, that that's something like you bring a completely opposite take to the table in regards to that, which is the last thing I want to touch on. Huge component of, of just about everybody. I mean, we've talked to people out in California like Kevin Kiley, people in Arizona like Eli Crane, Mike Collins down in Georgia, John Gibbs up in Michigan. This ground game you've got going, I've seen more videos of you pulling yard signs out of your trunk than I've seen just about anybody else on social media. And, and, and Listen, it's one of those things. You're getting into your constituents' faces, and you're saying, like, here I am. I understand and feel what you're going through, and uh, it's time now to, like, hear me out so we can get to a better solution. You want to talk about how that ground game experience has been great for your campaign? Yeah. So, so in 2020, when I ran, um, I decided to continue because even though we lost, I noticed that there wasn't much support from the party itself. Um, the party is actually, well, I, I'm not even going to put any names on blast because they know exactly who they are, but there's a lot of, uh, um, people within the Republican party that work hand in hand with the Democrats that, um, kind of share power and have some kind of agreement. Um, so for me to get any support from the party is non-existent, you know, in 2020, we were running in a D 16, uh, district PVI rating and now it's currently a d9 it's gotten significantly more republican we've picked up a lot more republican towns um some of the democrats that hated my guts some of them and even you know showed up to my house and tried to be nefarious um some of them are now some of my biggest supporters yep. at this point because they see what they've got they they, they see where, where it's been and, and it hasn't worked out so we had to have a very strong gang, uh, ground game um and i think one of the reasons why you, you see me doing so much is because i want people to realize that it's like listen this isn't you know rnc or gop or any of these parties trying to help me um this is pure grassroots this is me out every single day making phone calls going to events handing out flyers um just last week, my team made 17,500 phone calls um, just to put into perspective how much work we're doing. And this was at literally no dime um, from the GOP. If resources are given to us, it's diverted and shifted in a way where they can uh, say, oh, well, that's not a very important race, even though it's gotten significantly more Republican. And we'll, we may never have an opportunity to flip this area again unless we take them out right now. So I'm working harder than they are. Than they are and I believe that we're going to put up one hell of an upset that, that the Democrats 
Democrats aren't even expecting. Um, and I, I feel that it's one of the most important things about politics is that you should be accessible, you know, so going to people's doors meeting people in the streets, meeting them at their workplace and, and talking to them like normal people is what's going to get us across the finish line. And, you know, I, I don't hide from anybody on yeah. all of my flyers that I hand out to people. My personal cell phone number is on there. I'll even let you guys know at 973-851-1657. I'm not a difficult person to get a hold of. And I think it's important that if you're going to run for office, you need to be accessible to everybody. Um, you shouldn't be hiding behind closed doors. And, and I think that's why we've done so successfully because people can see that. They can see that I'm running uh, sincerely and I genuinely want to bring changes like bringing trade schools into every high school and have a plan for that, awesome. securing our southern border and actually creating a plan to deal with the immigration problem our country's got in the American dream plan or term limits, the 8-10-12 plan, 8 for the president, 10 for Congress, 12 for the Senate. And I believe I can get that passed in a way where Congress people would actually be willing to sign off on a bill. Um, I like that. You know, the typical excuse is no one's going to vote against their job. And I believe I have the solution that you can read more about um, on BillyPrempa.com. And I'm coming with an arsenal of, of, of uh, plans and, and policies that I want to bring to D.C. I don't want to just be the guy that's walking around talking rhetoric, red wave, Republican, we're going to win this because in all honesty, that kind of stuff doesn't work. It just it just doesn't. I tried it in 2020. It doesn't work. People want to plan. And as a, a military man, as a veteran, uh, you could talk to any one of them. They'll tell you you can't go into battle unless you have a road map and you have a plan for how you're going to win because if you don't there's going to be a lot of casualties and you don't want those casualties to be on your end um and and i think that going in there with a strategy with the plan making alliances before i get in will ensure uh, more success for some of these bills that i want to get passed to actually pass um you know i don't want to spend my life as a lifetime politician i want to adhere to my own 8 10 12 plan i plan on doing no more than 10 years in politics because if i can't get that job in 10 years then the problem is me not the policies that i put because the president who has to deal with the divided and sometimes fractured Congress and sometimes a fractured Senate is still able to get a lot accomplished in eight years. So I don't see any reason as to why a congressperson can't get it done in 10 years and why a senator can't get it done in 12. And the way that I think that we could get this done is by getting politicians to uh, sign off on this in a roll in a roll call vote fashion. And the catch is this. If you sign this uh, legislation and you're a part of this session, you are exempt from the term limits. However, any Congress person after the fact will be subject to those term limits. Now, if for whatever reason, these Congress people do not want to sign off on that bill, one, it's a roll call vote. We know who it is that said no. And two, you have to explain to the American people, 90% of who Democrat socialists or well, God forbid socialists or or even Republican um, are totally in favor of, of term limits. You have to explain to the American people why you would not sign off on a bill that 90 percent of people want and has nothing to do with you. The only way you get out of office is to be voted out. Mm-hmm. So to vote no for that means you're trying to keep the status quo that most of the 90 percent of the United States doesn't even want anymore. They want more reasonable and up to date representation representing them in the halls of D.C. And if you're against that, you're a part of the problem. So even the bill itself lies a trap but it's a trap that allows them to still maintain whatever they want to do and people have to vote them out um and we have to, we just have to see how that goes when we get into dc and i think it's a very reasonable way to do it the only other way only other way we can get this done is through a convention of states and i'm a big fan of what the convention of states movement is doing yep. um but uh, i think it's like pushing a boulder uphill and mm-hmm. i think we can get it done um in the halls of congress with a reasonable and amicable solution by using their own excuse against them 
Well, I mean, that's it right there. And, and I think there's a lot of people already working on Capitol Hill who are kind of in the same uh, think as that and, and are looking for people to stack numbers with to kind of make it a reality. Bill, we want to be able to direct as much of our listenership to help you out moving forward. Uh, we know 49 days from now is, is Election Day. It's crunch time. You need more boots on the ground. You need donations coming from both in and out of state to help out your campaign. You already mentioned the website. If you could give it again and then your social medias, we'll live link them in the show description today. Absolutely. Yeah. So you can you can support the website, read more about my policies and donate at uh, www.billyprempe.com. That's B-I-L-L-Y-P-R-E-M-P-E-H.com. Um, you can also find me on Twitter and Getter at uh, Billy Prempe. You can find me on Instagram where I'm almost always the most active at uh, some guy named Bill as well and Facebook Billy Prempe as well. Perfect. It's been our pleasure hosting you today. We wish you the best of luck. If we can, we'll get you in one more time before the general election. And uh, just keep killing it out there, man. You're crushing it. The 2020 numbers for, you know, the uh, the polls and stuff heading into the elections was they were off 7 to 9%, most of the major pollsters. And you being in that D plus 7, it's right in that margin of error. So you keep doing what you're doing. You're going to have a lot of success come election day. This is the America First Republican nominee, New Jersey 9, Billy Prempat. Thanks for coming on Steak for Breakfast. Thank you so much, brother. God bless you guys. Take care. Well, that was good sitting down with those two candidates for the first time. Yeah. Sorry we hadn't had them on earlier, but glad we got to catch up with them, and they are both running a couple of really strong America First campaigns in what looked like could be possibly flippable house seats. Um, speaking of things that we like to flip on, it's uh, switching gears from news to Trump rally status Ooh. and joining us to do the the back end of the show and, and, and to do some commentary on the Trump rally with us. She's one of our greatest friends, uh, frequent guests and steak for breakfast royalty. Miss Norbin Laden, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. I love it. I love coming on. It feels like I'm hanging out with my buddies. I know. We, can, we can't wait to do this in real life because, uh, yeah, you need to come over and visit us soon. Yes, we miss you. Yeah, listen, uh, I'm dying to get over there. I've said it in so many interviews, but uh, I'm waiting for this regime to crumble and for Oof. those insane federal uh, vax requirements to uh, to be lifted so that I can come into the country. Well, it's got to be coming. If Joe Biden said the pandemic is over, then there's no, A, there's no mm-hmm. usage of any emergency use authorized bullshit, which basically takes all the vaccines out, off the fucking record. Because none of them are actually FDA approved, technically. But we need emergency use authorization to be able to pay back student loans with our tax dollars. I don't really care about that. <laughs> I don't have any student loans to you. Hopefully in 49 days we'll be able to get some new legislation passed. I saw that both Representative Massey and Banks today proposed legislation to uh, end the vaccine requirement for our armed forces personnel because it is really ruining our global uh, strategic readiness across yeah, they the board. cannot get numbers like I know the army is I mean they're they're going to start offering incentives and retention is out the fucking window and they just can't they can't get the numbers like why would you want to join them the military under this regime it's ridiculous if you're already in the military you're probably having real second thoughts about re-upping sure do don't ask me how I know well, in case you guys didn't hear, Donald Trump rocked Youngstown, Ohio on Saturday night in uh, true Trump fashion. He returned there uh, in support of some of his most uh, 
prolific endorsed candidates. Obviously, the senatorial there with J.D. Vance. Um, you, you have some great House seats there, Max Miller and J.R. Majewski, who are going to be joining us on October 4th, and Madison Jessioto Gilbert, who's another strong one there. Uh, let's jump right into it. I think the best portions of uh, this show is when we're not talking and, and the 45th president of the United States is. For six straight years, I've been harassed, investigated, defamed, slandered, and persecuted like no other president and probably like no one in American history. Yet all I have ever wanted and all we've ever fought for is to simply, very simply, make America great again. No garrison button? Why would I? Big crowd. The unhinged persecution of me and my staff, and they go into people that know me and they threaten them with jail time. Unless you say something bad about Trump, they're threatening them. These people are sick. They're sick. They go in and they take good people and they say, You're going to jail for 10 years, you're going to jail for five years. Unless you say something bad about Trump, in which case you won't have to go to jail. I can't believe how people don't want to do it. They don't want to do it because they're legitimate and they see what's happening and they love our country. They see what's happening. But my supporters, what they've done, the radical Democrats and the deep state is a form of political Repression, unlike anything our nation has ever seen, it's a disgrace. And JD, you got to get it stopped because they've never done what they do now is disgraceful. Everyone associated with this travesty will go down in history as scoundrels and arsonists who tried to demolish our justice system, shatter our most sacred traditions, and wipe out the very foundations of our democracy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Amongst other things. And, uh, yeah, pretty fiery uh, way to jump into it there. He, he was pulling no punches. Nor, it's been a while since we've done a Trump rally with you. Uh, you know, I, I know you've seen some of the stuff that's come out from the rallies, but getting into the specifics of this one, I mean, Donald Trump hitting the campaign trail every week right now for these uh, Trump-endorsed America First candidates is looking as lively and full of fire as ever. What are you thinking here in that uh, little bit of his opening? Listen, can we just appreciate the stamina of this man and his his fighting spirit? I mean, this was from day one coming down the escalator, and this is why we love him so much. He's just a fighter, and he's not giving up, and he's calling things as they are. And uh, and uh, he's he's done so in great fashion with this latest rally. Yeah, he certainly did. And uh, he would continue down the same path and talk about some of the things that we discussed on our Friday edition of the show, uh, including some of the nasty and hateful rhetoric that came out of uh, the Democrat nominee for the Senate candidate there in Ohio, Tim Ryan, in regards to Donald Trump and uh, MAGA Nation. How bad it is. He recently called on his supporters to kill, kill the MAGA movement. Then he said, oh, that's not playing well in Ohio. Let's end that. 
He wanted to kill. Did you see that? We have to kill MAGA. Kill MAGA! Now, if he says it, it's fine. If I say, we'd like to raise our voice a little bit to the radical left. He's a, he's a treasonous. It's treason. It's horrible. Oh, he's such a bad person. No, he voted to, he wanted to, and he said it very strongly, kill MAGA. I don't think it works if I say it. But you know what? We better be careful and we better be strong and we better be smart because these people are coming after you and it's not going to be good. And I don't believe we've ever had a nation that's had to endure this. This is just the phase, the stage of evolution that they're in. It's getting worse and worse. This Green New Deal is a destructive force and it's total bullshit, I have to tell you. <laughs> He's talking about <laughs> Tim Ryan calling for the death of MAGA supporters, and then it just has to slide that one in there. Oh, by the way, in case you haven't heard of the Green New Deal, total bullshit. And He's uh like people, too, you know? Yeah. It, it, you, like, it's like at that point right now, everybody needs to be very careful. Yo, they certainly do, because uh, we learned last week, Mike Lindell, we keep talking about it, Bacon, Western, double cheeseburger. Maybe, or as Matt Whitaker suggested, that delicious Swiss sourdough burger that he's a big enjoyer of. It's all Mike Lindell wanted. A little nosh to, to get him through his days. Probably going from, from client to client, dropping pillow, pillow promo codes like no other. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's surrounded by the FBI. Probably squeezed the ketchup packet all over the window and being surprised by him and gets his cell phone taken. Um, you know, the poor guy can't even connect his... Uh, his hearing aids because they're Bluetooth connected to his phone. In addition to, like he said, the wire transfers that kind of make his business go round. It's just completely embarrassing. Yeah. I wonder how long they're going to hold on to his shit. Like as long as legally possible. I mean, not that they're doing anything legal right now, but and, and, I'm wondering how long it's going to be like, and he's opened up a lawsuit, but Nora, when you see that the pillow King of Minnesota got hemmed up by the FBI, how does that make you feel as someone as, as, as someone who's, well, now in the crosshairs, how you're a supporter of MAGA, so now you have a death threat over your head, like you didn't need another one of those. But to see Mike Lindell now in the crosshairs, and 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 you know some of the bigger packs like Save America and Women for Trump getting raided by the FBI, how disturbing is that? You know, President Trump said it. You know, in the clip that you just played. Um, there's never been a time like this where so many Americans were persecuted out in the open. I mean, I've studied this and patriots have been, have been persecuted for a very long time. And there have been fed entrapment operations before January 6th wasn't the first one sure. um, by, by any means, but it's so brazen and out of, out in the open and targeting more than half of the population. And, Mike Lindell is just the latest in a series. You know, every day I think about the January 6th political prisoners and the defendants that are luckily not detained but are still being harassed and uh, uh, experiencing lawfare and intimidation tactics by the different law enforcement and agencies that have been weaponized against them. And, you know, Mike Lindell is... Um, is just one in a long line of patriots that is being persecuted right now. Yeah, you've advocated for people like General Flynn, who was kind of the start of it, 
outside of the people who were spied on during the general election campaign and the trend. Trump transitional phase into, uh, you know, from citizen Trump to President Trump. But he was the first one that really got, you know, hemmed up by the FBI. And now, like Donald Trump said, we've seen it evolve into something to where saying kill MAGA is normal. Having the president of the United States say half of the country is literally semi-fascists who want to destroy this nation. And then, like, you know, taking Mike Lindell's cell phone and probably the extra ranches he asked for for his curly fries, just completely outside of the box of what we would normally think the, uh, the way this country uh, has surely been run but, in the past. But, but President Trump is exactly right. And look at what this, I'm sorry, how, how should, I don't use a profanity, but scumbag guy Rick Wilson from yep. the Lincoln Project said, was it last week? I mean, and these guys just get a pass. Yeah. Can you remind the audience uh, exactly the words he used? He did say the only way to stop Donald Trump because they were talking about the success of the rallies and how uh, these grassrootsy type candidates are rising in the polls against the multi-million dollar Democrat, sometimes incumbents that they're going against. And he said, like, literally the only way to stop Donald Trump is to put a bullet in him. That was what he said. But, but can you imagine if someone on our side would say something like that? I know. Oh, yeah. Well, they'd be... Uh, Getting a knock knock from the FBI for sure. Remember, for sure, guys. Remember, and for all of our listenership, you have forty seconds, no wiggle room, to drop your phone in the toilet <laughs> before you get your door battering rammed in. Speaking of battering no, rammed, so so wait, hold on. There's just one thing I, I want to add to that. President Trump is absolutely right when he says we need to be smart, yes. and we need to be very vigilant in terms of our actions and the words we use because they're going to use everything they can against us. And anyway, they're inventing things. And by that, yeah. I mean, obviously, the Fed's erection. Sure. And, and, in and, order to justify their their complete the complete weaponization, as I said, of all these institutions against upstanding citizens and patriots. And I think that's what makes them seed the most, honestly, yes. is that we won't take the bait. Antoinette, exactly. you, you know this. We won't. I mean, they literally threaten us with death. They say all these bad things. They want people to go out and protest and burn stuff and break down things and, you know, b fake attack the Capitol again. But we're just not doing it. Yeah. Donald Trump goes out there as the clear leader of this party. And that's what separates him from anyone else who's even in the conversation of it. And he says, listen, I'm going to tell you exactly how it is. It's bad. But guess what? On November 8th, we can change it. And it seems like everybody's just starting to get laser focused on that. Totally. Yeah, I, I think that's where we're at. Listen, we, we played parts of that 60-minute interview, and it was a dumpster fire. Donald Trump commentated on it a little bit and talked about the long litany of failures that Joe Biden has had this country in core over the last two years. Let's hear this clip. Under Biden, Pelosi, Schumer, and the ultra-left Democrat Congress, our country is being ripped apart, and the American dream is being torn to shreds. Sad, sad, sad what's happening. The stock market just had one of the worst seven-day periods in history, and it actually had the seven worst day. Think of it, seven worst day in the history of our country. It's been one of the worst years for stocks in history. How are your 401ks doing? Not too good. Not too good. People are getting wiped out. It wouldn't have happened. There was no reason for it. Inflation just reached another historic high. Congratulations. Surging food, <laughs> energy and electricity prices are busting family budgets, crushing small businesses and causing shortages, suffering mayhem 
and despair. Yet Biden and the Democrat Congress keep spending us further and further into oblivion, pouring fuel on the inflation fire and incinerating trillions of dollars of middle-class wealth. They're doing it at a level that nobody ever thought possible. And Mitch McConnell ought to get on the ball and stop it in the Senate. He sure should. And, and, you know, we talked about that. Fact check me later, but I believe $5 trillion in American wealth was just evaporated last week. Yeah. Well, I know. Fantastic. I know my 401k took a kick in the crotch and it was uh, extremely ugly. Now, Nor, you're out there in Europe. What's the inflation looking like there? Listen, uh, the goal with this manufactured crisis was to gut the West. Yeah. And uh, we're feeling it extremely hard in Europe, especially the energy crisis. Uh, You have countries like the UK or Italy. I've seen um, documentation. You have small businesses their energy bills have increased tenfold. And what's happening here is that all the independent and smaller businesses that weren't destroyed uh, with the COVID measures are being decimated with this new energy crisis. And uh, it's precisely the intended goal. They want to, they want to eradicate private ownership. And you have uh, groups like... BlackRock, Vanguard, yeah. etc., that are just buying up everything as they are doing in the states. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's pretty interesting to hear the same character's name always come up. Doesn't matter if it's a foreign or domestic in our case, or you know domestic and foreign in yours. But uh, they 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 have absolutely put a clamp on the global economy and are squeezing the average blue collar middle class out of existence. And uh, you know these energy. Uh, numbers that are going to come down the pike this winter for the, the world are going to be some like we've never seen numbers like this before. Uh, natural gas is like 10 times higher than it was in the United States when Donald Trump took over. And uh, just just the ability to, you know, have the ag- agriculture uh, sector in the United States be successful and heat your homes this window is going to be this winter is going to be one hell of a challenge, to say the least. Absolutely. And this is an integral part or the the next logical step for the globalists to implement the new world order, a plan that they've been working on for decades and decades and uh, that they are, that they are trying to ram down our throats. I mean, I'm very optimistic in the sense that I think they are going to fail, uh, but there's going to be a lot of destruction, furthermore destruction in the meantime. And their goal is truly the destruction of the middle class because yep. it's what's standing in their way, along with uh, national national sovereignty, which is why they just want to to um, to weaken you know borders in terms of uh, of uh, immigration, et cetera. They just want this this global governance system. And it has to go through the the destruction of the middle class so that there are only two categories of people, the serfs and the rulers. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we've seen it. uh, Last week we had Senate majority, or I'm sorry, House Majority Leader Sonny Hoyer confirm, we call it the administrative state on this show, but essentially he he basically gave a textbook definition of what the deep state is, uh, as they are, you know, um, pushes from the Republican side to end 
you know, federal employees who have no bosses and are career appointments and can't get fired and, and basically have helped ruin this country over the last probably three decades. And uh, Donald Trump had a message for the deep state. He talked about it and, and the incoming Schedule F when he returns. To root out this appalling corruption, we need to pass historic reforms to tell the deep state, you're fired. You remember The Apprentice? <laughs> Another one of our <laughs> highest priorities under Republican Congress will be to stop left-wing censorship and to restore free speech in America, which we do not have. And go out and sign up now for Truth Social, which is doing great. It's hot and it's a hell of a lot better than Twitter will ever be. <laughs> Twitter's got a lot of headaches right now, folks. The radical left Democrat party is not a 50% party within our country. I really don't believe it. They're against God, guns, oil, law enforcement, voter ID, tax cuts, regulation cuts, the Constitution, and they're against our founding fathers. Other than that, actually, they're quite good. <laughs> hey, hey, Other than that, they're quite good. The Apprentice, you remember that? Yeah, you're fired. He's been sneaking a couple good ones in there. But uh, in all seriousness, his proposed Schedule F, first as executive order, and then hopefully with a Senate majority to get passed into permanent legislature would be, you know, something that would be absolutely awesome. And, um, yeah, he he was on one. The energy level was great. And, uh, you know, it's that time of the rally, kind of right around the middle of it, where he brings up his his Trump-endorsed candidate slate. First on the uh, list was J.D. Vance, who's running for the Senate there. He's, he's in a neck-and-neck race with Tim Ryan, who, you know, called for the execution of, of all things MAGA. Donald Trump had a little uh, intro for him. Let's hear it. This is a very important race. This is a great person who I've really gotten to know. Yeah, he said some bad things about me, but that was before he knew me, and then he <laughs> fell in love. <laughs> Remember I said that about Kim Jong-un, he fell in love, and they said, oh, Trump is saying he fell in love. Actually, he did, if you want to know that. J.D., please come up and say a few words. J.D. Vance. And he's really risen to the top as someone who was anti-MAGA and, like you said, got to meet Donald Trump and really got to know him. And, and when he decided he was going to make this run for the Senate, he used it on the platform of, like, Okay, I'm now seeing what these policies aren't because what they put in after Donald Trump left office have absolutely destroyed this state. Yeah, no matter what you want to do, all these people that are, you know, calling MAGA Republicans domestic violent extremists and all this other stuff, it's just another political witch hunt, silencing dissidents. And I mean, if you're not on the the side of what making America great again, then what are you? Right. Yeah, a no, traitor. It, a traitor. Yeah, or or what do you call it? You call it an an, an ano. Oh, oh yeah, ano. Yeah, thanks for remembering <laughs> my term, guys. American. Nice. In I think name this only. really. Yeah, I think this really needs to to catch on. It caught out. It caught on when I said it on the war room and uh, on uh, and on my getter. But yeah, Americans in name only. An ano. When we get we we definitely like have it. a lot of those people running around up on Capitol Hill right now. Let's hear the exactly. uh, yeah future senator from Ohio give a couple words on uh, his ticket. Are we having a good time? Is it great to have the president back in Ohio? Look, here, here, 
out this crazy line fraud, Tim Ryan. His whole attack against me is that I'm, I'm out of state, I'm from California, even though the reason I left the state when I was 18 years old was to enlist in the United States Marine Corps yep. and go and serve my country. But the, the, the president may not even know this. You know, Tim Ryan has not one, but two books on yoga and meditation. Oof. Eesh. Tim Ryan has called to ban gas-powered cars, and Tim Ryan has voted for the Green New Deal. Who's from California, Tim? It sounds like you are. <laughs> but look, this is simple. We gotta get back to common sense. We gotta stop hiring 87,000 IRS agents. We gotta fire those guys and hire some Border Patrol agents. Nice. Yeah, good one. And we've got to go back to the policies that this guy delivered that made this state free and prosperous and secure. Let's do it. November 8th, let's do it, ladies and gentlemen. God bless you. Thank you very much. Oh, and it's it, it just simple as that. He's running on the platform of when Donald Trump was in office, his policies made Ohio great. And, and what they aren't now, I mean, you're closing more auto, more manufacturing, more agriculture. They're killing it with Green New Deal policies. The education system sucks there. Unemployment is through the roof. And then you factor in all the other stuff that's going on, the border, the drugs, the homelessness, the, the crime. It's it's becoming that any place that hasn't been. Cleveland is virtually unlivable now. Mm. Uh, we've heard it from a lot of people. You know, Vish said he loved. Wait, Cleveland doesn't rock? No, it certainly doesn't. Well, mm. it might. Crack rocks. Nah. But la Vish said last time he was on the show, great place, great women, not a good place to be right now, though. Mm -hmm. He said it, it's just turned into a crap hole. And in two years, you could see this whole country in such decline that, you know, if, if we don't put something on it bigger than a Band-Aid on November 8th, we're going to be in a whole lot of trouble. Yeah, if you if you haven't seen a just drastic difference in just, like, the tent cities and homelessness in major U.S. cities that have just started just going full tilt since this uh, administration took effect... It's bad. Real bad. You know who's not bad? And we talked about in News 1 a little bit is uh, House Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's been traveling with the 45th president and speaking at a lot of these Save of America rallies. And even though they weren't in the great state of Georgia, I'm sure they will be before Election Day. Uh, she did take the stage and get called up by the 45th president and gave a little preview on what's coming down the road in regards to a uh, little bit of leadership. America first, protects freedoms for all, reigns in the federal government, and loyally follows the one true leader of the Republican Party, and you know who that is. He's the one we elected in 2016, the one we re-elected in 2020. I like it. Who won the election, by the way. Oh yeah, he won. He did. And the one we will make our next president of the United States of America, and that's Donald J. Trump. She gets she's, it. Yeah, she's on fire for MAGA. Nori, do you love her? Yeah, she's awesome. Antoinette Firebrand right there. She's, she's running to the head of the pack in the U.S. House right now, looking to uh, hopefully assume some leadership after the midterms, you think so? 100%. A lot of people wish that uh, Representative Jim Jordan would run for Speaker of the House. However, I have been able to confirm. Um, I've become pretty good friends with the comms director for Lauren Boebert. Bernie, 
This one's to, for you. We know you listen to the show often when you travel. Hmm. And, uh, you know, Jim Jordan's traveled with a lot of the candidates who are running for re-election. Obviously, they all are in the House. And, and you know, she's she's talked about being around conversations where people pressure him about this. Like, you're so ready to assume this leadership. Jim Jordan wants to be the head of the Judiciary Committee. He wants to be the guy who is at the tip of the spear for investigations. That's where his passion is. And, and, and honestly, in my heart of hearts, as much as I'd love to see someone like him as Speaker of the House, um, I want him where he feels like he's most valuable. And if right. it's going to be, you know, getting these articles of impeachment drafted for Joe Biden and Alejandro Mayorkas and Merrick Garland following the uh, holiday season this year, then so be it. Uh, he was also in Ohio, obviously, because he's an Ohio uh, House rep there. And Donald Trump called him up on stage. Let's hear him talk about the importance of the midterms. The left controls big media, media, the left controls big tech, the left controls big corporations, the left now controls big sports, just, you know, just watch NBA, the left controls Hollywood, the left controls higher education, the left controls the White House, the left controls the House, the left controls the Senate, but, but the left doesn't control we the people. And we the people, and we the people have had it. I mean, just, and in 52 days, I think we the people are going to send a message to the left and to the Democrats who've been running our country for the last 20 months. Think about this, in 20 months, in 20, I, 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 I think this campaign is real simple. It's the big four issues plus freedom. And you can just see the contrast with what we had under President Trump, what we now have with Democrats running the government. But in 20 months, we went from a secure border to no border. We went from stable prices to a 41-year high inflation. We went from $2 gas to $5 gas. And maybe most importantly, we went from safe streets to record levels of crime. Yep. Not to mention, not to mention what they're doing to your freedom, to your liberties, to our Constitution, to the Bill of Rights, most importantly, the First Amendment and Second Amendment liberties that we enjoy as Americans. That's what this campaign is about. You want the same old, same old? You want them attacking your liberties and those four issues? Vote Democrat. You want to change that? Vote Republican. Think about the last month. Think about the last month. In five weeks' time, Joe Biden raided the home of a former president, took the phone of a sitting member of Congress, called half the country fascist and extremist. Then he said to that same half the country, oh, by the way, I'm going to make you pay the student loan debt of the, quote, good Americans who vote Democrat. And just remember, if you don't like that, I signed legislation to unleash 87,000 IRS agents to come harass you, the taxpayer. He, he did that in one month's time. So this election could not be more important mm-hmm. is probably what he was going to say there. Um, I like Jim Jordan. He, he, he's more than solid and, and definitely got his message across. Uh, this slate of, of candidates out in Ohio, minus MTG, obviously, she's a House rep from Georgia, uh, is absolutely phenomenal. Probably, well, what do you think, Noah, the sparkliest jewel of the bunch? Yeah. Steak for breakfast, enjoyer. Guest coming up on October 4th, J.R. Majewski. Nice. Nuclear expert. Was the last Trump-endorsed America First candidate to take the stage. And uh, let me tell you something. 
the conversations that he has in conservative elected election Twitter tweet chats is pretty much the same conversations he had with the uh, standing room only crowd in Youngstown, Ohio. Let's hear it. How's everybody doing today? I hope you're just as excited as me to see the greatest president that the country has ever seen, Donald Trump. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is J.R. Majewski, and my pronouns are patriot and ass kicker. Uh, He may have had a few. That's right. Folks, I love God, I love my family, and I love this country. And I'm sorry, Joe Biden, I'll never apologize for having the will to fight for all three. How many veterans we got in here? Police officers, stand up. Let's give you a round of applause. Yeah. Tell you what, speaking at a rally for a guy like me that grew up in uh, Toledo, Ohio, I got eagle bumps. We don't get, we don't get goosebumps here. If you're at a Trump rally, you get eagle bumps. Am I right? Let me tell you something. He is going to make a lot of fucking noise up on Capitol Hill last year. Antoinette, what were you saying? I said that's the first time I heard that eagle bumps. I like it. Oh, I like it a lot. And and you know it's, it's man, I can't tell you enough. Uh, he is the real deal. There is nothing not transparent about him, and he is going to be absolutely phenomenal up on Capitol Hill because he comes off as like a big hulking man. He is brilliant, um, and, and he's undying and unwavering support of not only Donald Trump but things like the military and law enforcement. Uh, you can't find too many people that can match his level of, of patriotism and he went out and worked and earned that nomination in, in his house race right now and he's looking to take you know that house seat back for the Republican Party come November 8th. It was great to hear him up there and uh, you know let JR do what he does. Like I said he drops into Con at Twitter chat and you know he'll put like an American flag and eagle emoji and all, all the, the kids in there are like guys JR's here. Nobody talk. Nobody share any tweets. JR, how you doing? And then the next thing you know, it's like a uh, cell phone video of him, like, vaping and blowing the smoke out through his nostrils <laughs> for 20 awesome. seconds straight. He's just that real guy. Uh, you, you know, you get that, and uh, that's pretty much all you're going to get with him. I got one clip before we get to the uh, outro, and, uh, you know, it's not any new material, but I think it's one of the ones me and Noah like to laugh at the most. The election was rigged and stolen, and now our country is being destroyed. I ran twice, I won twice, and did much better the second time than I did the first, getting millions more votes in 2020 than we got in 2016. Think about it. We got millions, millions and millions. We got more votes than any sitting president in the history of our country. By far, it's not even close. Millions and millions. 
I was told that if we got the same numbers we did the first time, we got 12 million more. But I was told if we get 63 million, there's no way you can lose, sir. The biggest pollster said that. Well, we got 12 million more and we lost. We didn't lose. Ready? We lost in their imagination. <laughs> and we're leading Biden now in all the polls. And we're leading also all Republicans by record numbers. The Republicans are not doing too well. And now, after what happened and watching our country go to hell, we may have to do it again. May? What do you think? They want him to run again, guys? Mm. Mm. Nor? Yep. There couldn't have been a referendum on Donald Trump in, in 2020 because of Orange Man Bad because he got 12 million more votes than he did in his first election, correct? Listen, we know who won the 2020 election, and it wasn't Joe Biden. It certainly wasn't. And uh, He's an illegitimate, he's an illegitimate ano <laughs> imposter. <laughs> I love it. And uh, you know what our listenership loves even more is the outro portion of the Trump rally. Nor buckle up, it's going to be a couple minutes here, but we always play the end of the Trump rally all the way through because we think it's probably the most, uh, well, exciting part of it. Um, let's get everybody dialed in here with uh, the outro. And in conclusion, our if it was even a little bit incorrect, they would be disputing it all day long, but our fake news won't do that. Mm. Together we are standing up against some of the most menacing forces, entrenched interests, and vicious opponents our people have ever, ever, ever seen. Despite great outside dangers, our biggest threat remains the sin sinister and evil people from within our country. And the people down the world that have their sick people to something wrong with them. <laughs> We just... <laughs> he was on a good one Saturday. And that was the guy. Where is the guy that just yelled? Look at this guy. He's my kind of guy. <laughs> oh, are you the one that did it? Congratulations. What a beautiful voice you have. Thank you. Sixty-six. You don't look a day over sixty-five. Thank you, darling. I appreciate it. But no matter how big or powerful the corrupt radical Democrats that we are fighting against may be, you must never forget this nation does not belong to them. This nation belongs to you at sixty-six. Nation belongs to you. This is your home, this is your heritage. Our American liberty is your God-given right. Your God-given right, you want to take that away from me. From Akron to Toledo, from Cleveland to Columbus, and from Dayton, to right here in Youngstown, Ohio. You inherit the legacy of generations of Americans who risk everything they have for their beloved country. 
Ohio is the state that gave us American heroes, icons, and legends with names like Bill Armstrong, Danny Oakley, and the great general and president Ulysses S. Grant, who's done. He's really got back a long way in the last 30 years, hasn't he? And this is the state that gave us regions of farmers and soldiers and skilled workers and skilled craftsmen who built this country with the sweat of their brows, the strength of their spines, and the goodness of their souls. It's a great place. I love Ohio. I used to work in Ohio. I used to work in Ohio. I loved Ohio. Your Ohio ancestors fought the battles, they broke the barriers, and they conquered the known dangers and pushed into uncharted frontiers. And they made America into the greatest nation in the history of the world. But now, we are a nation in decline. We are a failing nation. We are a nation that has the highest inflation in 50 years, and we're the stock market finished the worst first half of the year since 1872. Likewise, we are a nation that has the highest energy costs in its history. We are no longer energy independent or energy dominant as we were just two short years ago. We are a nation that is bending Venezuela, Saudi Arabia, and many others for oil. Please, please, please help us, Joe Biden says, that we have more liquid gold right under our feet than any other country. We are a nation that is consumed by the radical left's Green New Deal, that everyone knows that the Green New Deal will lead to our destruction. We are a nation whose leaders are demanding all electric cars, even though they can't go far and cost too much, and whose batteries are produced in China with materials only available in China, but unlimited amounts of gasoline is available inexpensively in the United States, but it's not available in China. We are a nation that ended oil exploration and production in the United States, just as the price of oil reached an all-time high. We are a nation that surrendered in Afghanistan, leaving behind dead soldiers, American citizens, and $85 billion worth of the finest military equipment in the world. We are a nation that allowed Russia to devastate a country in Ukraine, killing hundreds of thousands of people and it will only get worse. It would never have happened with me as your commander-in-chief. And for four long years, it didn't happen. Mm. And China, with Taiwan, is next. We are a nation that has weaponized its law enforcement against the opposing political party like never, ever before. We've got a federal bureau of investigation that won't allow bad election-changing facts to be presented to the public. Where Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation when they knew it wasn't, and the Department of Justice that refuses to investigate 
egregious acts of voting irregularities and fraud. We have a president who is cognitively impaired and in no condition to leave our country, which may end up in World War III. Yep. We're a nation that no longer has a free press and has no fair press any longer. Fake news is all you get. And they are truly the enemy of the people. We are a nation where free speech is no longer allowed, where crime is rampant like never before, where the economy has been collapsing, where more people died of COVID in 2021 than in 2020. We are a nation that is allowing Iran to build a massive nuclear weapon in China to use trillions of dollars that has taken from us to build a military to rival our own. And just two years ago, we had Iran, China, Russia, North Korea, and all of the rest in check. They weren't going to do a thing against us, and everyone knows it. They respected the United States, and they respected America. And perhaps most importantly, we are a nation that is no longer respected or listened to around the world. We are a nation that in many ways has become a joke. And we are a nation that is hostile to liberty, freedom, and faith. We are a nation whose economy is floundering, whose stores are not stopped, whose deliveries are not coming, and whose educational system is ranked at the bottom of every single list. We are a nation whose once revered airports are dirty and crowded and a mess, where you sit and wait for hours and then are notified that the plane won't leave and they have no idea when it will. A nation where ticket prices are through the roof, they don't have the pilots to fly the planes, they don't want or seek qualified air traffic controllers and they don't know what they are doing. We are a nation that has lost its confidence, willpower, and strength. We are a nation that has lost its way. But we are not going to let this continue. Two years ago, we were a great nation, and we will soon be a great nation again. Mm. like you who built this country, and it is hardworking patriots like you who are going to save our country. We will stand up to the radical left lunatics and rhinos, and we will fight for America like no one has ever fought before. There is no mountain we cannot climb. There is no summit we cannot reach. There is no challenge we cannot beat. There is no victory we cannot have. We will not bend, we will not break, we will not yield, we will never give in, we will never give up, we will never, ever, ever, ever back down. As long as we are confident and united, the tyrants we are fighting do not stand in a small chance of victory. Because we are Americans, and Americans kneel to God and to God alone. Thank <laughs> you.
How can you not love it? Pretty solid. I'm giving it a nine. Second nine of the uh, midterm election rally cycle. Uh, Alaska was was right there, 9.1. This one, 9.0. Antoinette, did you love it? Love. I like it. And Norbin Laden, do you love him? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the last part, the, the final... It's the best, isn't it? How would it? you say? Stanza with the MAGA. Uh, what did the other guy say? Eagle bumps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you what, I'm not lying. Like It's just a little bit, but I get teary-eyed every time I hear that end of the Trump speech, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, yeah, it, it, it just hits. <laughs> so if, if you yeah. really believe in the message and you really believe in this country and the potential that it has to get to where people like Donald Trump envision it to be, uh, and these amazing candidates that he's surrounded himself with, then you're, you're going to buy into that too. So, Nor, it's been an absolute pleasure hosting you today. We don't host you enough and need mm-hmm. to host you more. Um, I don't know if we'll catch up with you again before the midterm elections, but let's at least promise that at some point after that uh, we, can, we can circle back with you and talk about how we're going to get our country back on track here. With great, great pleasure. Thanks and- for having me, guys. No, thanks for taking a little time out with us today. If anyone's not already following you on social media or you want to drop your website, podcast, anything like that, just uh, why don't you say it now and we'll live link it in the show description. Cool. Yeah, my Twitter is at Norbin Laden. And uh, I actually just released an episode of the podcast with uh, Ren, uh, who came on with me last time on the show. Nice. Um, we, we published it last night. So the website is norbinladencalls.podbean.com. So we people will, can check it out. Yeah, we'll direct our listenership there today. I'll share the podcast as well. And uh, I actually got the book in the mail last week. I, I read your forward and loved it. And I'm, uh, I'm about a chapter and a half deep right now. I don't have as much time with, with work and, and kids and, and podcasts to read as much as I can. But I'm excited to tear through that one. It seems like it's going to be a, a better than solid read. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. And uh, as I said in the podcast last night, it's not because Ren is my friend, but it's really a brilliant book which is going to stand the test of time because it's just a very well documented snapshot of where we are right now yeah and i tell you what that snapshot of where we're at is uh a little bit scary but you know what nor it's people like you and ren and hopefully us that are just making it a little bit better yeah a little bit better and more bearable for everybody out there um again love to catch up with you again soon and and even more love having you on the show with us this is the one and only 
Norbin Laden, thanks for joining us on Steak for Breakfast. Thank you. You know, I'm going to miss Joe Kent till next week, but that was a way better than average way to start the week. Yep. Certainly was. And it was great having all of you guys here to, to do it with me. If uh, you guys enjoyed this episode of Steak for Breakfast and want to hear the other 170 episodes of the show, you can find us across every downloadable podcasting platform. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Podata, Google Podcast, FM Player, iHeartRadio, the Patriot Podcast Network on the Roku app, or even on Frank's Beach. Subscribe to the show and rate it, leave a review, and don't forget to download, listen, like, follow, and share Steak for Breakfast content. Show creds go to our amazing guests today. Uh, Dean Martelli running in Massachusetts 1. Billy Prempin running in New Jersey 9. J.W. Givens of The Daily Caller. And, of course, the lovely Miss Norbin Laden. I feel like he did his name better the first time. Sorry. (laughs) In addition to them, some of our internet friends, the Patriotic Babe accounts, Mr. Garbaggio, and Christina Bob of Save America. Friends, don't forget to go out and throw some cash at our partners because when you do that, the only thing that happens is you help make small American businesses great again. Speaking of which, my pillow, Airwindells, my beds, Giza sheets, dog beds, you name it, my robes, Mike Wendell's throwing it at you. Enter promo code Stake at checkout, you get big, big savings. In addition to that, you want some coffee in the morning, you enter promo code Stake at checkout at my store, 25% off. MyPillow.com forward slash steak is the website, or you can talk to a qualified pillow representative, 1-800-658-8045. The top tier of ear gear and the best damn headphones I've ever put on my head can be found at Odyssey. It is a in-studio recording equipment investment that you will never regret. Odyssey.com is the website. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram as well. My Patriot Cigars, 15% off with promo code STEAK. Free shipping on orders over 100 and every box comes with a $10 e-gift card. MyPatriotCigars.com is the website. It's a premium smoke for freedom-loving patriots. Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms has a pretty simple equation for all your gun-related needs. Firearms, parts, accessories, and ammo. His newly redesigned, easy-to-use website is WestCoastSurvivalArms.com. He's on Facebook Messenger and via the telephone 619-870-6992. Stay ready, gear holsters. What do we got this week? You know what? Let's just go with the classic. Donald Trump dancing to hold on. I'm coming at the end of the rally. You like that? They'll throw it on a conceal. Kydex carry holster, and they'll get those orders out faster than ever before. StayReadyGear.com is the website. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram as well. Man rubs. I think I'm going to man rub some chicken tonight because I really don't have any other... uh, ideas and i'm running a little short on sleep time but uh i can assure everybody that's listening i've bought it shaked it sprinkled it rubbed it tonight i'm probably just gonna bake it in the oven man rubs in the air fryer is pretty good yeah ooh, the crispiness level and then mm. ooh, might try that as well uh i'll eventually throw it in my mouth no i'll hit the button num 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 oh Manrubs.com is the website. They're on Facebook and Instagram. Mediocre Medic for all our first responders. You're going to love all the gear they've got in their store, and you're going to like their Instagram a little bit better. MediocreMedic.com is the website. And last but certainly not least, the home of the Zero Fucks Duck. Still don't know? Go ask Mark Joe Friday. Dumpbox.us is the website. You can find him on Facebook. You can find him on Instagram. Upcoming shows. We're coming back on Friday. What do we got going on there? Oh, little Cash Patel. Little Theo Wold. Little New Hampshire 2 Republican nominee Bob Burns. And I think there's another person who I didn't add to the calendar yet, but I'm going to look on my phone. I did. Eli Crane will be joining us as well. He's the uh, Arizona 2 Republican nominee there as well. Trump endorsed. It's going to be a great show. 
We'll be back next week on Tuesday. Keith Paykow, who's running for a house seat in Illinois, and Dr. Peter Navarro will be joining us. Next Friday, so far, we've got Courtney Gilles, Cynthia Hughes, and Clay Clark lined up. J.R. Majewski and Max Miller on the 4th of October. Carrie Lake and Blake Masters on the 7th. That's going to be a pretty banger of a week. And looking down the road a little bit, on the 14th of October, we've got Cash Patel. We've got David Nunez. It's volume two of their uh, Steak for Steak exclusive series. Let's see. Friends of the Week. Got a quit, quite long, lengthy list this week. Let's throw it out to Con at Twitter. Our uh, true social Twitch streamers, Beastie Man, CSM Master, American Nintendo, Siberian Kitty, and Burger Man. 13 Gen Patriots. Some call me Tim79. You guys, thanks for the shares. You guys got notifications turned on for Steak for Breakfast. Right Wing Savages 2.0, Dumbass Photoshop, Real Brenda Memes, Grand Old Memes, Awesome Collab with Mad America this week, The Original Spider-Man, Nancy Pelosi, Donald Trump. Have you seen it? Mm. Yeah, it's on our Instagram. It's uh, Tell Me the Truth, I'm Ready to Hear It. Nice. And then it's Donald Trump talking to Nancy Pelosi saying, we're going to win back the House, we're going to win back the Senate, and we're going to win back that big, beautiful White House. Nice. Oh, and, I did actually. And then did the see third that. one panels Nancy Pelosi crying. Loved collabing with her. Always do. Mostly peaceful. The Duke of Memes. Stephen Voiceover. C3P Meme. The tenth edition of uh, Trump and Sons. Love it. John Hacker, LA. The Silent Meme Jordy. And let's just throw the rest of the friend zone meme share in there. Guys, things to remember between now and Friday. Number one, do your own research. We hit it every show. We give you some angles that you might not hear anywhere else. It's because we do our own research. Number two, start a podcast. Noah? Not bad today. Even if I show you the list of order, how it goes? Mm, perfect. <laughs> mm. Number three, let's start talking about American greatness again. We don't talk about it enough. Donald Trump reminds us every time he hosts a rally, we need to start talking about American greatness again. And last but certainly not least, let's see what happens. This has been episode 171 of the Steak of Records podcast, and we'll be back with episode 172 on Friday. We've got Cash Patel, Theo Wold, Bob Burns, and Eli Crane. On behalf of the pod team, I'm Ron Noah. Later. Antoinette. Ciao. Thanks for listening, and take care. That all I have ever wanted and all we've ever fought for is to simply, very simply, make America great again. <laughs>